Greetings and welcome guys, gals, and non-binary pals to episode 379 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly gaming podcast for words about games. I'm your host, Amy K. Alexander, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Vitz Patel. Vitz Patel. <laughs> Back at it like a bad habit. How are you, Amy? I don't know why I was shooting you. I mean, sure. With love. <laughs> Yes, of course. I felt it right here. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I never shoot you with bullets. Unless we were playing a game and the objective was to shoot you with bullets. But then I'd be shooting your avatar with bullets. Not you. Yeah, it can get quite existential. I was about to say, like, we're venturing very quickly. We've been, what, 30 seconds? Yep. <laughs> and it's getting pretty existential up in here. <laughs> If you had that on your bingo card, then you win. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. 30 seconds before Amy makes it weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to answer your question, I'm good. There you um, go. I'm good. I'll take that. What if I just answered the question? I like <laughs> I had my, I had my gen like 30 minutes later, you do that. Well, to answer your original it's question. It's like, what, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I had my gender appointment yesterday with the NHS. Um, it was intense. And there was a lot of not answering the question. Like, you know, when someone's asking a question and, and they want you to give a specific answer and mm -hmm. they're just not. So you just have yeah. to keep trying to find ways of like re-asking the question. Yeah. And you like throw the different curve yeah. words in there. And then you're getting things. that look on your face, which is just like. What the fuck? What the fuck are you mm -hmm. doing right now? So that happened to me yesterday. <laughs> in this, in this, uh, in this two-hour interview, um, where she kept asking me this question, and and uh, and like I kept, I kept giving an answer, but it wasn't mm -hmm. like the simple answer. It wasn't um, the one they had down on the card. <laughs> it was like I'm going around <laughs> the answer, which it, it it was the it was the answer, but I was just making it way too complicated. And then and then when I finally like realized what I was what I was trying to say in like ten mm -hmm. in a thousand words that I could have just said in, in five. And then you know we had a laugh about it, like oh it really is just that simple. It's like yeah yeah well I mean yeah, yeah. if like anyone who's ever watched me on you and I said this out loud in the interview I said anyone who's ever watched me on YouTube will know I make things way too complicated that should really be simple. <laughs> 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 Ask anyone who's seen my Bloodborne video. <laughs> um, or like the the documents that any of the number of projects you're working on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I finished one game. That we're going to talk about later because I finished a bunch of games this week. I played a bunch, um, and like I wrote like six pages of notes. Like after I'd finished playing it, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I need to make a video about this at some point. Let me write down all my notes so I don't forget. Oh, and this will be mint because then I can use it for the for the for like talking about it on the podcast on Thursday. And then I went flipped back through them, and I was like, "I can't use any of this on the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> What am I gonna like? Yeah, oh, so this game, yeah, like, uh, so have you ever heard of the Taoist um, <laughs> Taoist philosophies around uh, the opposites, yin yang, order, chaos? It's like I'm not gonna do that on a podcast. <laughs> the audience is like, I understood some of those words. <laughs> Maybe we'd just be like, shut the fuck up, Amy, and I wouldn't even blame him. <laughs> like, I make video essays, so I don't have to bother him with this stuff. <laughs> 
There you go. And they can't interrupt you either. <laughs> no one can interrupt me. I have all the power. Well, I suppose they could close the video. But, um, yeah, no. But don't was, do that. Click like and subscribe. Do, yeah, do that instead. But mm -hmm. uh, no, it was um, it was intense though. Like, tell me your life story in detail. And then a lot of the questions were like pretty rough. Like, not a lot. Some of the questions were pretty, pretty rough. Mm. Um, really deeply personal. And the entire time I'm having this conversation, there's just another person silently oh. typing <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> like, click, 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 click. Um, and as we talk about everything. <laughs> and then, and then like, partway through, she's like, so, you, you know, you have the, like, and really casually just goes, so you, you seem to have uh, more than a few traits of, of autism. <laughs> Just super casually drops that in there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I'm aware. So, sorry, you. would you like me to ask surprised here? What, 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 what kind of reaction do you want from Yeah, it's a, I'm, I'm aware that both it's a thing like that. There's like a surprisingly large amount of crossover between um, genderqueer people and um, autistic people. And mm. also that that includes me <laughs> so it was like yeah i'm not yeah and then it was sort of like a <laughs> anyway moving on from that revelation <laughs> tell me about your childhood <laughs> great well <laughs> I, I, yeah dredged some stuff up some of it was funny some of it wasn't so funny some, some bits you still have to process. Luckily, <laughs> you realize you still have to process. Well, I was in a good place with it because, like, it's been five years and mm. since I came out. It's been six years almost since I was like, I'm going to do something about this whole yeah. business going on in my head. So I've, I've processed a lot and I had counseling and I've, I've, like, come to terms with a lot of stuff. Like, if, if I'd had to do that interview five years ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have been like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just so much stuff I was saying, but like that was just like, oh yeah, no, like no, like let me tell you this funny story. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, of course. Like you've matured as a person, as as well as you know, over the last five years, as well as everything else that you've achieved. So, yes. uh, yeah, you're in a much better place to to feel those questions. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, I was just batting the questions down. Bam, yeah. Bam. Be interesting to know if you get a copy of all the bits that were typing up. <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. I don't want to read that. <laughs> It'd be interesting to read back. It was fucking chaos, man. You'd think yeah. it would start from early childhood and and eventually arrive at present day. And I don't know whether it was the way I was answering the questions or the way I was being asked the questions, but it was like a fucking pinball all over the place. <laughs> You preface everything by saying, well, I'm a storyteller, so let's... I did, <laughs> so, I did actually mention it. I was like, you know, because yeah. like it was one of those things. It's one of those funny things where it's like you don't think think about it in, in, in any other terms at the time. But I went to university to study writing and filmmaking. So I, f I fell in with filmmakers and theater gays. And <laughs> like I found all of my people, even though I didn't know they were my people at the time. There you go. <laughs> So it's like, it was funny in right respect. <laughs> How many times I built a community of people around myself. There you go. Of a certain type. Um, so yeah, that was, in, that was nuts. Well, congrats on doing that. Uh, 
big achievement. It was, yeah. Now, now I've got to wait for the second appointment, which could be yeah. two years. So it's like, start the clock again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here we go again. That two years is what you said last time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I went out with a friend today and had fried chicken. Oh, it did, it did look good, the, the pictures you were sharing earlier. Yeah, I stuck them on Instagram. It's a place called Feds. Like like I said on Instagram when I, when I posted the pics, it was like the, one of the greatest things that's happened in the UK in the last few years, and there haven't been that many great things, is the, the rise of the street food. Yes. Like there was this, There's this market in, in town that was terrible for years. It was like for boomers. Everything was everywhere to eat was either a greasy spoon or or a weird like boomer tea shop and all the shops were shit. And and now it's like it's full of street food places. It smells yes. amazing. There's fucking a comic shop, there's a retro toy shop, there's a retro game shop. <laughs> like I actually enjoy going in there. <laughs> Brilliant. Um so there's lots of food places like that. But I uh I trip myself to because I'm the coolest person who, who live, who's ever lived, I bought an Edgar Allan Poe book. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> so I, ha- I now have a collection of Edgar Allan Poe to read, which I'm looking forward to because I read a bit when I was in uni because, again, I was a fucking pretentious writer, hipster nerd. <laughs> um, and then I bought a tracer because <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was of fiver. course you did, yes. <laughs> it was five pounds. I was like, I mean, I have to have this, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so cheap. <laughs> Those were my purchases. <laughs> like, they couldn't be further apart. <laughs> this is the yin and yang. <laughs> this is the yin and yang. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, I'm a storyteller. It's what I do. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It's been a it's been a busy couple of weeks. Uh, the motor racing season is dying down. So I the last uh, Formula One race happening this weekend at the time of recording. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, MotoGP is wrapping up as well. So uh, yeah, thankfully Sundays are going to get a lot uh, quieter. But then we're filling that time in with some great D and D stuff and uh, planning on getting all things D and D up and running so yeah and then a lot more Baldur's gate i met some interesting people which i'm sure we'll discuss uh, later on today uh so yeah it's all good we will we will i'm looking forward to it you obviously i know a lot about Baldur's gate already because i asked you to keep me updated mm. I am, i'm reliving Baldur's gate 3 vicariously through you that's it because I don't have another 70 hours to replay it. <laughs> and even if I did, I don't know if I'd do anything differently. It's one, yes. of, it's one of those choice-based games where I was like, nah, I'm pretty happy with what I did. Like, <laughs> Amy's like, I regret nothing. <laughs> I regret. I have no regrets. <laughs> I had sex with all of the demons it was possible to have sex with. There you go. Like, if they add more, I'll be back. Until then. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, get to work. Like, yeah. Put it in there. But you've made a definitive edition of your last two games. Make a definitive edition of this game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's cool, man. Like, yeah, no, I've been thinking about because obviously, like, now that we've got a date for for like when we're doing a game of the year discussion, 
I've mm-hmm. been like, oh shit, I should really play some fucking games. Yeah. Um, and Moody literally texted me the exact same thing. Like, I should really <laughs> play some games. And I was like, I know, man, right? Same. <laughs> um, so like, I've got this list. You've seen my list. And, and yeah, I, I just fucking chopped like two thirds off of it. I was just like, right, what? Like, I'm going to recondor it. <laughs> I was just like, what on this list is going to bring me joy? And yes. also what's achievable in the next three and a half weeks. <laughs> um, so like, but I feel, I was just thinking more and more about it where it's like, cause it's the steam sale now and I it love filling my basket up and then deleting like most of the things I put in the basket. That's or how putting so many things in there. It just sends an it's, exclamation it mark. It changed to an exclamation <laughs> mark. I put so much stuff in there. Like, that should be a steam achievement. And it just I don't went, care what you say. And it just went, what the fuck are you doing? And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not, gonna go buy it all. <laughs> I'm not going to buy it all. And then Steam was probably thinking like, use your wish list, you dumb bitch. And I was just like, there's 300 games on my wish list. If I put something in there, I'm never going to find it again. <laughs> I, I, I I do that thing where it's like support indie devs by wish listing their game. And now my wish list is useless. <laughs> you took that to heart though. You wish listed everything. I wish listed everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for like, I was thinking about like games that I really want to play and stuff. And then I was just like, man, like, like a few years ago, I was a game reviewer, like properly, like a game reviewer. Mm-hmm. And like, you have no idea how much that warps your psychology of like how to play video games and what video games to play. Where it's just like, mm-hmm. I have to be on the cutting edge. It has to be current or it's pointless. Yes. Um, and then Moody broke me out of that. Um, like, I'm not even going to say I got myself out of that. I, th- th- As the story goes, um, <laughs> I was up one day till 4.30 in the morning finishing off a Wasteland 3 review to make sure I could get it ready for embargo, like, which was at 10 a.m. Um, like that day. Um, mm. and, and I was telling him, and he just went, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have a good answer for him. <laughs> yeah. I was I was hitting the embargo and he was like, why? Yeah. And it was like, because it's the embargo. <laughs> it's like, and we were stuck in that circular conversation for a little while. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and now I just I just don't accept review codes at all. Like I stopped like getting review copies and which sucks a bit because you know, free games. <laughs> yeah. It's a real money saver. But um, I was I was just say they're not free. I, I I just pay for them with my time. But yes. uh, even like from then, <clears throat> we still talk about games. Like that's where this whole like discussion of games, reviewing games, where we talk about them on the podcast mm. came from. And even then, it's still like, oh, I should have something to talk about for the podcast, you know. And like I've slowly been like backing off from that. And now yeah. I've just been thinking like, okay, so I like I, there's games that I want to play from this year and like clean up. But like, and then it's like, what do I do after? I'm going to have a whole Christmas break, which I normally use to, to, to like mop up like game of the mm-hmm. air stuff. And I don't have that anymore because <laughs> we're doing it. We're going before Christmas. It's mm-hmm. like, what do I do? And then I was like, I really want to play Dark Souls 2 and Half-Life. And I want to finish Persona 5 Royal. And I want to finish yeah, Pokemon. Do. And I want to finish Pokemon Violet and play Pokemon Arceus and play a Pokemon game that has Bulbasaur in it because Moody loves Bulbasaur. And I would like to have that opportunity to love Bulbasaur. And like, I thought you were going to say, I want to play a Pokemon that doesn't hurt my eyes. (laughs) I also do want to play a Pokemon that doesn't hurt my eyes. Um, (laughs) 
And like I want to play like Outer Wilds and Shadow of the Colossus. And like I played To the Moon, but there's like a whole series of games that I've never played after that. And and like I'm just like all of these games are obviously not current. And mm-hmm. like I always used to just talk about it like on this podcast or whatever, and just be like I missed these games, right? And like yeah. that's a really insidious like way of phrasing it right or it's just like it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. part of the formal it that because missed games is just part of the language of how we talk about video games like when we talk about them in this space and it's just like but if you actually stop to really think about it it's like i haven't missed anything like no. if i installed dark souls 2 tomorrow and started playing it it's a new game for me i've never played it absolutely it's, it's new to you and the, the only instance is where that does apply is when it gets taken down from digital storefronts uh, that's the only reason. That's the only the only example where it applies, kind of thing. But yeah, hundred percent. The experience is going to be new to you, and even if you're in that position of revisiting the game, you're having a new experience in terms of uh, what you're bringing to it with that lens of knowledge that you already have. Kind yeah. Of thing. So it it all has value. Yeah. Like I have videos that I want to do, and like I always used to joke, but I don't know if it was, but never knew if it was a joke where it was like I started mm. doing retrospectives to give myself an excuse. <laughs> to like play the old games and like there is an element of that like i want to i want to make a video about the silent hill series and i've got this really yes. cool idea for a video about elden ring um and the fallout games and and it's like i'll get to all of them like i'm not rushing mm-hmm. to 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 do all these videos but it's like and it would just be cool to play those games again <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like and, uh, to boil it right down it's like but they're good games <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'd like to play them well some of them are good games not all the fallout games are good but in my opinion all right i i i agree i in, have many grievances with todd howard <laughs> before you jump down my throat though. i've said things like that in the past and i've i've gotten in trouble <laughs> the video i'm doing is going to be really evenly well balanced like that's the whole point of it but it is just like a thing of like, I think going into next year, I think I'm like this year, like last year, I remember Moody. I think I played like 70 games, like new yeah, release games and stuff. It was a ridiculous amount. And that was like lower for me, like in previous years. Mm-hmm. But again, I was a reviewer. So I was like fucking going yeah, yeah. mental. And this year, my spreadsheet says I played 31 new games. <laughs> um, And I'm just you like, go. you know what? I'm really happy with that <laughs> number. Like that's way better. Like, and I'm just like, is it going to be less next year? Because I really just do not want to be on this treadmill of like constantly being on the cutting edge and being part yeah. of the conversation. <laughs> uh, so to date, I've played 10 titles which were released this year, which I think is a healthy amount for me. I think it's around that uh, number usually kind of thing. So I'll get to like a game a month uh, there or thereabouts kind of thing. So yeah, yeah I, I, I think... Uh, like I said, the, the the games aren't going anywhere for for the most part, kind of thing. So just get to it when you get to it, and it, and it's also one of these where a game can come out in a particular month and you're just not feeling that vibe. It's like right to yeah. to to dip into uh, uh like with the Last of Us Part Two remaster uh, being announced, kind of thing. Not many people are going to be in a mood to dump into that kind of experience with the year that we've had or the years that we've had, kind of thing. Uh, and it's one of these where you need to be in the right mindset. Uh, that's completely valid as well. Yeah, like I have wondered this aloud um, sometimes, where it's like, like bad reviews that I've given in the past for games. It's like, mm. and opinions change, right? It's like you know, I've definitely changed my opinion on some games in the past. But absolutely, like how many bad reviews or like 
negative reviews did I give a game just because I wasn't in I wasn't vibing with it, but it was also like I had to do a review of it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's happened <clears throat> in the past. Mm-hmm. Um and, and other games that have hit harder, like because of the time that I played them. Um like this year. Um when I was in, in like that February, March time when I wasn't really feeling video games as a medium <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for a while. And then I spent like a month playing Octopath Traveler 2. And it's like, I vibed so hard with that game because I think it was just exactly what I needed in that moment. Yeah. So that's a special game to me. Like, and like, it mm-hmm. might not be like many like people's like top 10 games of the year or whatever, but it's mine. And it, part of that is because of that personal experience as well as just the fact that it's a really good game. Yes whose soundtrack deserves to be nominated at the Game Awards, but Jeff Keighley's a scrub, so what can you do? <laughs> I was watching a video uh, from the wonderful Alana Pierce uh, today, actually, and she was talking about how the Game Awards are essentially bullshit, and they were going through, uh, essentially just highlighting who the uh, voting jury are for right. the Game Awards and all the different outlets which are there and it's kind of it's a worldwide thing so we've got studios from of course the us and the uk kind of thing but from all over the world and it's it's kind of for anyone to say uh oh you know sony have obviously parked a bunch of money at their door to to get certain games nominated okay but nintendo have got two games nominated for game of the year kind of thing but then across all of these outlets that there, there isn't physically enough money <laughs> to, to give yeah. to everyone to, to make that happen and uh they go to they go to some lengths to to kind of reinstate that jeff isn't part of the voter committee and all the rest of it whether that's just word salad or not it's it's beside the point it's it's the vibe that he gives off in terms of uh it being the jeff show well that's that's uh, what he gets for like it, yeah yeah owning it right like yeah that's his fault but <laughs> mm-hmm. well, that's it but it 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 just goes back to that point of regardless of what game what title wins game of the year it it doesn't matter in the grand schemes of things because it's going to be different to your game of the year or my game of the year or whatever yeah. it happens to be kind of thing and and your opinion is just as valid as everybody else is just a it's a collection of marketing willpower it's just a game of it's a consensus game of the year which is probably the least interesting game of the year like yeah I, like i talked about last week it's like i'm not, mm-hmm. it's the least interesting way to to tell me what game of the year is like oh what did everybody vote for um okay <laughs> yeah it's a popularity contest i'm more interested in a popularity mm-hmm. contest give me emotion yeah. give me passion give me like give me your pitch <laughs> To be fair, we do get those at the Game Awards. It's just usually from the people who rush the stage and say what they need to say. That's where the emotion and the power is from. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're making me want to watch the Game Awards just in case something like that happens. But to be fair, like if if it does happen, then it's bound to get clipped out and it'll be all over the place. So (laughs) And it'll be on chances are it'll be on at Redonk o'clock in the morning. And for yeah. us here in the UK, yeah, not not so much. <laughs> oh, I've watched it every year since forever. Like oh, I, I've always watched it, but I haven't necessarily watched it live. I'll catch up like the day after watching a VOD of say, uh, kind of funny do their live reactions. So it's a it's a fun hangout stream. That's cool. That's cool. I always just watched it live. I used to stream it like many many years ago, mm. but I've like <clears throat> I have I have many strengths, but. 
reacting to things is not one of them. <laughs> I imagine you have, uh, and, and this is going to be like a, a a local reference for people in the UK, a kind of a, a Terry Wogan Eurovision vibe about you watching <laughs> the Game Awards, just calling the winner before it's announced because it's in voting from all the other countries. <laughs> Oh, what a surprise! A Nintendo game won Best <laughs> yes. Family. Like, how did even, how did half of these even get nominated? Don't even a multiplayer game with the best ongoing game goes to Final Fantasy Final fourteen Fantasy, yeah. again. Probably yeah. a bit, and then like, but like, I don't know. Like, I get excited for things, but like, I don't like, like in the in the in the 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 arena of like reaction, like streamers and content creators. Um, like it was just like I like I'm almost a parody of those channels, like not intentionally. Mm. I just I'll be sitting there and it'll be like Elden Ring is being revealed at the Summer Game Fest, and I'm just I'm I'm enjoying the trailer, but I'm literally I'm just going, yeah, that looks pretty good. Like, mm. <laughs> oh, that looks really good. Like I've never lost my shit, like at a trailer, like even ones I'm like really fucking excited for. Like I'm the anti get hype. I'm just like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> that'll be fun when we get to it <laughs> when's it coming out six years from now oh, okay yeah i look forward to getting stumped by that tree sentinel <laughs> <laughs> and i did <laughs> but were you stubborn headed like i was and just said okay i've lost to it six times but the seventh time is, is this is the run <laughs> but this is the one this is the run <laughs> no no i was i was um I actually streamed, I think, my first 20 hours of Elden Ring. Mm. Um, so there's, like, footage of... I, I made a clip show of, of all the dumb shit that I did in the first 20 hours of Elden Ring. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm not a FromSoft new person. Like, I'd played, like, Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 before. You knew what you were doing. So I knew what I was doing. Um, and I had the <laughs> I had the thing. Like, so, you know, the first main boss is Margit. Yeah. Um, and I had his bell. Like yep. I'd gotten his bell from patches and I was still getting used to the buttons. Like, cause I was using a, an elite controller and I'd swapped, okay. I'd swapped X and Y around for a different game and I hadn't swapped them back. So I kept hitting X and Y like interchangeably, which was problematic because one of those buttons is items. And yes, <laughs> and I was going back for my second run at market. So first run got stomped, but I was like, yeah, I can, I could totally do this. Like I know what I'm doing. Second run, I got to the fog gate, and instead of pushing A to to go through the the gate, I activated his bell, <laughs> and I and I thought, oh shit, oh well, that 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 sucks. Like, I'm, and then I went in, and activating his bell just froze him. He glitched. I I got past the go. boss because he didn't move. <laughs> you put their foolish ambitions to rest. So I never actually had that. That um that skill gate that everybody else had. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the first skill check. <laughs> I just like walked by. I was like, cool. So see you later. Then I guess I'm gonna mm -hmm. go in this castle right now. There you and go. Then, uh, yeah, I got all my experience that everybody else probably got from hitting market, turning around, and going the other way. I got it from inside the castle. <laughs> so I barely explored back. <laughs> And it was like, it was a complete accident. I was just like, oh, fuck. And I was tempted to just like throw myself off a cliff and just be like, I want to kind of want to do this fight properly. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to take advantage of this. <laughs> poke, poke, of course, poke, yeah. Poke, poke. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get to hear when that uh, DLC is inbound and we'll get to experience new things like that. 
Yeah, no, I love I love FromSoft. I love the collective storytelling, like everybody does. Mm. It's like, hey, did you get to this bit? It's like, yeah, this dumb thing happened. Like, um, like I was sharing all the dumb shit that happened to me when I was making my Dark Souls three video, <clears throat> <laughs> and like the the stray demon threw me off the bridge, and I was just like, what the fuck, man? Just picked me up and just threw me. I was just like, <laughs> you're joking, right? <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> But it's like for some reason it's funny. Like I'm not yeah. even I'm not even mad. Like I've spent like five minutes fighting, and then he's nearly dead, and then he's just gone. See ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Activate like the Winter Soldier. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Like I'll play the Elden Ring DLC when it comes out. Like for sure. Mm-hmm. Like there's still new games that I want to play. Like yeah. To wrap back around to the point I was making. Um. Like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth and Hold on, Knight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like when they come out, I'll I'll drop everything to play them. But like I don't know, like yeah. I feel like I'm just gonna fill in a lot of time next year by playing like old stuff um, and have a great time. Like how have I never played Half Life? <laughs> you know, like how have I never played Outer Wilds? That sounds like the most Amy ass Amy game I've ever heard mm. of in my entire life. <laughs> uh, to be fair, so while I have played Half Life, it was back in I want to say 2004, say, but me being me, I ended up playing it on PlayStation 2 rather Oof. than on a PC like it's supposed to. <laughs> so, uh, that, yeah, that was that was an experience. <laughs> yeah, so. I didn't play Deus Ex for, for a very long time for the exact same reason. Like, I played the PS2 version. Um, and that's bad. Oh, God. That was a bad game. Like, there are some games you just can't translate from PC to a console, um, especially back in, in those days. And it was just like, Jesus. And so I thought, oh, it's just one of those games that everybody likes and I don't. And then, yeah. like, I think I played it, like... I, I did a play, I played through Vampire and the Masquerade Bloodlines, and I was like, "Damn, I really need like another like good meaty immersive sim RPG." And someone can finally convince me to play Deus Ex, but on PC. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Holy shit, this is one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life." What the fuck? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I played Human Revolution, and I was like, "Okay, I didn't ask for this." <laughs> I. <laughs> it's wanna, fine. It's wanna... a fine game. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a shit game. It's a fine game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think the main, uh, the voice actor behind Adam Jensen, I believe the protagonist is. Uh, so they voiced a one of the principal characters in Starfield, and okay. they were on a on a podcast recently. And uh, yeah, so he he sits by. Obviously, he's, they've got work coming in for other gigs, and but. He he sits by his phone waiting for the waiting for it to ring for, for them to be another Deus Ex game and it's like it's not happening, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, come on, guys. What the <laughs> hell? Even I liked Mankind Divided. <laughs> like you you really like hit you really did a, a really good job with that second game. And it's like, and mm-hmm. then you just stopped it there, and it's like, no, you were just you were just figuring it out. <laughs> Because that's the thing about like first games in in series is, it's like I think sometimes we judge first first games too way too harshly, or it's mm. like you imagine like if you go back to like, um, like Assassin's Creed One, yes, to Assassin's Creed Two, and it's like yeah, sure, Assassin's Creed One was a bit rough and a bit ropey, 
Um, but like they figured it out in the next one. And then like Mass Effect sure 1 had like so many awesome like things about it, but the gameplay was not one of them. And then like they, they, they took everything that they made in Mass Effect 1 that was amazing and then built good gameplay in Mass Effect 2. And it's like nowadays it's like if the first one isn't a masterpiece, it's like do we get a sequel? Like, yeah. <laughs> do, do people is the studio still it's around? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, people don't care anymore. And it's just like, no, guys, trust me. Like, if you play a first game and, and your thought is like, damn, this could this could be great. It's like, then fucking be vocal about getting a sequel because history tells us <laughs> that that well, sequel is going to be like, go. <laughs> There's going to be so many titles like uh, Immortals of Avium this year. Which came and may have had some good ideas, but made a few uh, iffy game de- game uh, design decisions. Yeah, it's easy to say. Uh, and it's one of these where, yeah, it didn't sell very well. Uh, it released at the wrong time. The studio's about to be—I I imagine it's about to be shuttered, kind of thing. It's already had a bunch of layoffs, but what studio hasn't this year, kind of thing? So it, oh, it's one of these. Where, it's become a daily yeah. occurrence. Like Toad's anime, mm-hmm. right? Ryan Brown on social media, Toad's anime. Why he's a great guy, and he does um he like tweets or like posts uh video game news, um and like literally I feel I felt like every time I was opening Blue Sky I was just opening it to a to a post from from Ryan just being like hey this place has had layoffs and I was just like yep. oh Jesus Christ man. <laughs> <laughs> like can we just not with this shit <laughs> right now it's Christmas. <laughs> Or whatever holiday you happen to be celebrating. Yeah, or Colonialism <laughs> Day, or whatever other fucking day it is. Like, <laughs> like, oh my god, like, I hate it. Um, cool. So, like, should we talk about the Halcyon Days of Yesteryear? The Halcyon Days of Yesteryear. So, I've been reading this book, um, Fight Magic Items, which is uh, the history of. It says on the front, the history of Final Fantasy Dragon Quest and the rise of Japanese RPGs in the West. Um, I didn't know Dragon Quest came out first. <laughs> so I was being schooled from like page one. <laughs> um, it's by Aiden Moore, who's a really cool, seems like a really cool dude. I've interacted with him on Blue Sky a few times, but um, it's a really good book. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like this far through it. Um Audio listens, it's a lot. <laughs> I've almost reached Final Fantasy VII. And I remember Final Fantasy VII. So we're starting to get to the point where I, I entered the chat. But uh, mm-hmm. I was I was telling you, Vitz, that there was a there was a bit in it that really like made me to sort of go, oh, that's cool. That's an interesting point. And we I think we can have thoughts about that. Uh, so I'm just gonna read it, except I can't fucking see it. <laughs> 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 All the lights are pointed at me. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Stand by, viewer. <laughs> yeah, so the, so there's a line in here in a, in a section where they're talking about um, Final Fantasy VI. Um, so I'll just read the paragraph. It says, Director Yoshinori Kitase looks back on those challenging technical limitations with a certain fondness and a recognition that it squeezed creativity out of his team of writers, designers, and artists. Quote, I miss the limitations of making games in those days, he admitted to Edge. Nowadays, you can do almost anything in a game. It's a paradox, but this can be more creatively limiting than having hard technical limitations to work within. There's a certain freedom to be found in working within strict boundaries, one clearly evident in Final Fantasy VI. End quote. Um, and, like, that really kind of resonated with me. Like, because um, I messaged you about this topic. Mm-hmm. 
um, and like as I mentioned, like I studied writing and filmmaking um, at university, and like one of the things that they drill into you um, when you're making films uh, or writing scripts for films is like cut everything, like <laughs> like it's like cut it down to the fucking bone, um, because that's how you get to the good stuff, right? Is this in a sense of if it's not moving the A B A or B plot forward, then get rid of it, kind of thing? Or? Not necessarily. It's just like it's it's more of a it's more of a like. Uh, creative reappraisal of of what okay. you've written so like if you've written a movie script and it's 100 pages long um you could probably cut that down to 60 pages and make it better it's not it's right. not it's like it's it's hard to describe it's kind Is of like, it more a question of efficiency rather than anything else it's more it's not really a question of necessarily efficiency it's more just a question of like tightening it up right like okay. everything can ev- like i whether it's from that or from just my life in general i think like in terms of creative works it's like cutting things cutting things down so that you only have what's important is makes the thing better game book play movie tv show whatever video essay video video (laughs) video essay yeah like i cut so much out of my video essays which sounds mental because they're all really long but like so like sometimes you just look at it or it's like you go off on a tangent i'll go off on a tangent when i'm writing a video essay and i look i reread it with fresh eyes and i go that tangent's really good like but it makes the video worse so it goes like you can write something amazing but in the grand scheme of the video it makes the video as a whole worse so you cut it yeah while crying (laughs) Because mm. like, it's just so good. <laughs> Such a good point. They're all your children. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it makes the it makes the overall video experience better. Mm. Um, and that's what I learned in like writing, like script writing and uh, filmmaking. It's just like, dude, does this scene need to be in here? Can we move? Can I move this dialogue to different scenes? Like, because like, yeah, rewriting is a big part of writing. Like the f- it's not one and done. Send it. The fir- no, God, no. Like the the first draft is the worst thing you'll ever write. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get in your mind. It's just like you reread it and you go, "What a piece of shit!" <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't hit record on this. <laughs> that's why things take so long. Um, unless you're an IGN video, I guess. But um, just hitting record on those first drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but yeah, it's just like I I sort of like I get where Katase is coming from, where it's just like not necessarily. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and suddenly turn this into a old oh, game. Games were better back in my day. I mean, I never played Final <laughs> Fantasy VI, so <laughs> I don't yeah, know. For, uh, international uh, viewers, uh, that might be Final Fantasy III in your you, region. You might be thinking of Final Fantasy III, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I kind of thought of it as like a whole thing across the medium because. Like in in the nineties and two thousands, you had cartridges, right? And those cartridges had a limited amount of memory, so you you had to. I I assume that the designers of those games had to do a similar process to to what I'm talking about from a from a filmmaking perspective, which is we have to cut stuff, even yeah. if we think it's amazing. Like we have to get this game on the cartridge, compared to to now, where it's like there is no the only limitation is that the PlayStation has a 500 gigabyte hard drive, so we can't go over that. Like <laughs> that's the limit. Call of Duty will say, "Well, let's test that." <laughs> Hold my beer, but like it, it gives it gives like uh, ga- it gives like game designers like incredible creative freedom to put so much stuff in their games. But 
as Kitase pointed out, it's like that can also be quite limiting, right? Because like, mm. how, how much is too much? Like, how much when you can do everything? Where do you begin? <laughs> yeah, so like, where do you stop? Like, yeah. <laughs> like where do you where do you start focusing in to 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 just make the like? At what point do you add something that might be really awesome, um, but it harms the overall game? Mm-hmm. Um, like it was talking about with the videos there. Um, and I don't know. I thought it was a, an interesting jumping off point for a chat. No, hundred uh, percent. I I think that so this week a lot of the influencers got their hands on the uh, Atari twenty six hundred plus uh, re released uh, retro console, and it came with the uh, the original cartridge with dip switches in the back to switch between different titles and the rest of it. And Damn. looking at some of the some of the gameplay of those, it's it's stark in terms of the simplicity of these titles but also the the beauty in, in what was uh what was being able to be achieved not only in in the visuals when you've only got a small gamut of colors and whatnot to to play with but also from an audio point of view so when you're talking about eight or 16-bit systems mm-hmm. kind of thing and like the super nes only being able to play a certain number of song or a certain number of audio uh Chips. notes at, together at the same time yeah it's it's uh all those midi files working together in how do you compose around that rather than saying, "Oh, I can, I can do everything orchestrally," which is beautiful now these days, kind of thing. Yeah. But it's kind of obviously these are the the, the formative years of video games, and they would go on to inspire everything that comes today, kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. it's one of these where, yeah, sometimes sometimes less is more. <laughs> yeah, sometimes less is more. Like again, I, I have it drilled into my head from 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 my university days. It's like, you know, do do you need that five minute monologue? And then you'll, I'll sit there and I'll go, yes, it's absolutely essential. But then I'll think about it and I'll go, no, I don't need that five minute yeah. monologue. Does does Horizon Zero Air Forbidden West need a paraglider? Really? Like, did it need a paraglider? Could we have taken that out? Maybe. <laughs> know, the the people the people at uh, Gorilla thought, you know, got to keep up with the Joneses. We've got to uh, make it like Zelda. <laughs> yeah. And and no one can no one can stop us because. Mm-hmm. We can fit it on a 500 gigabyte PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah. Do we need Aloy to sell you exact solution to a puzzle the moment you step into a room? Could yeah, you leave sure. it like five steps? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Could, could you at least let me see the puzzle first? Yeah. <laughs> that actually happened it's to me. Like, yeah, going, Aloy. As a, as a tangent, that literally happened to me and God of War Ragnarok. I remember complaining to Moody about it on the podcast. I was like, I, I got the solution to the puzzle before I had seen the puzzle. <laughs> um. But no, like, it's just like, I guess it's, I guess I'm approaching it from a video game standpoint in terms of two sort of avenues. One is my sort of area of expertise, which is story, right? <laughs> like, um, I think one of the more infamous cases of, of, of a game being too long, um, and I used air quotes there for audio listeners, it would be Alien Isolation, where it kind of hit a crescendo a narrative crescendo and a satisfying ending for an alien adventure and then there's like six more hours of game <laughs> and the outstanding is welcome yeah and then it keeps going and admittedly like one of my favorite levels of the game is in that that last six hours but like my like the my impression of the overall game was a lot worse from having had to go through those six hours to get to the end like especially the what they then shows for what would was the last level was just pure frustration like, mm. and I, I, this was back in the day when I used to do Let's Plays. So, so I, I, I can easily remember <laughs> being extraordinarily frustrated. Um, and like, maybe if we just cut it off, you know, in that sort of 
at that sort of crescendo, recognize that, hey, we've got this one really fucking awesome level here. Let's find a way to work that back into yes. into the game here. And it's like, and and it's like, yeah, someone like editors, someone needed to look at this and go, this needs to be sure. <laughs> Not in a nasty way. Oh. Fitz is frozen. It seems to happen every week. I, 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 hopefully I'm back now. <laughs> you are back now. Right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I was just saying like it's like um, it's like an edit. It's like we we need like the game almost needed an editor for someone to say it, not in a nasty mm. or mean way, mean spirited way, or even necessarily a negative way. Just say like, look, what you've got, you've got something here which is great, but it needs to be just. <laughs> you need to just do that with it. And what I would love to see in these instances is how many rounds of focus testing did this uh, experience go through, if if at all, kind of thing, and where did that creative uh, decision come from to say no, we've got to include X, or oh, it's got to hit X amount of hours, uh, yeah, uh, and that kind of thing, and whether that happened at all, or whether the people behind it couldn't see the wood for the trees and just thought, oh, we, we've built X amount of environments, X amount of levels, we're going to throw them in, kind of. And, and and ship it because sure. we don't know if we're making a, a I mean, uh, we're not signed on for a DLC or anything yeah. like that so we've got to cram in kind of thing you you, lo- you do lose yourself in the process as well like yeah I mean I, how many times have I sent you a, a, a video and just gone can you tell me if this is good anymore because I don't I can't tell <laughs> yes. um but the yeah and I mean that you you also reach that sort of point of like art colliding with the fact that this isn't also an industry where it's mm. like how much money would it cost them would have cost them like if they got alien isolation like end to end in like alpha and they and maybe they even played it and went shit like we, we've kind of fucked fucked it at the end here but it's like how much money would it cost them to then to retool it to retool it you know what i mean like it's easy to rewrite a script when you realize because it's just words on a page mm-hmm. um it's a lot harder to 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 rebuild a game. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not it, it, I'm 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 not I'm not like dancing past the fact that like there are hundreds of millions of dollars involved in these decisions. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I think in those instances, it'd be it'd be interesting to uh, go through the process or their process of how they came to the the final product in terms of when would you have seen those potential issues pop up? Would they have initially like storyboarded mm. each of the each of the main story beats and then it would it may have been obvious then at that point to say okay you've got this real uh natural ending point here where you, you've had the the big high you've had a big a set piece or whatever happens to be kind of thing you faced off against a big bad all is well roll credits and then they're saying well actually no we've, we've got a lot more story to tell with side characters or whatever else it happens to be kind of thing it'd be interesting to to go back and see yeah. uh and be a fly on the wall in these situations Mm, yeah um oh sure. but a flying a wall that can speak and just say no, no you're screwing up no, <laughs> stop 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 <laughs> stop typing you stop get, typing get away, get away stop from it. my keyboard stop <laughs> yeah. um yeah it's it is it is a fascinating sort of thing to the art history of of making a video game versus the business of making a video game um mm-hmm. because a, a point that you were just making is something else that i was thinking it's like and again by the way alien isolation is a game i love a lot like don't don't like don't let anyone think that I don't like it. Um, I do love it. Um, but I, I remember one thing that drew <clears throat> Minor Moody's ire last year 
um, was the the that revelation of Dying Light Two has five hundred hours of content, and me and Rudy both just like being what the fuck, yeah. man. That's not a good thing. <laughs> and it's just like right, that's not that's terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. but it's like. I think that's sort of another encapsulation of what we're talking about, where it's like, where was the limitation? You like, like all of this content, everything that you're putting in the game, all 500 hours could be like spectacular. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of people, a lot of people, <laughs> like this isn't just me and being weird about video games. I feel like that harms the overall game if there's 500 hours of great content, because it's like, I'm going to run out of steam at some point like if you pair that down to a to a brisk to a brisk hundred hours and and (laughs) and maybe you've got me but yeah but it's it's also that uh challenge of well not challenge but the opportunity of if you scale up all that down with all the resource that you save Mm. how much better could you make those original hundred hours that the analogy that pops into my mind is to do with racing games and all racing games will say oh we've got 500 cars we've got 600 cars we've got a thousand cars in this 90 percent of which they won't get touched yeah <laughs> it's, it's just there and it's the resources that people went through to to uh photograph to digitally render to record what the audio sounds like to a uh, play test to uh, create setups and all, and all the rest of it write all the copy up and and, and do all that all that could have been much better or all, all that time and effort could have been much better spent elsewhere rather than just to hit a bullet point on the back of the box kind of thing yeah because that's what it sometimes feels like um it's very rare for a game to to say like we've got tons of side quests and our world our world map is huge and for it to actually feel like um necessarily a creative like brag more than a a Mm. marketing brag like i think about the witcher 3 um having a world that was bigger than skyrim i think was the yeah was the marketing um back then and like it was like Oh yeah, but when you play it, like, fuck, it's a good world, though. Like, yeah. But then it's like, oh, was well, Far Cry Five is this big, and then it's like, ooh, and you spend your entire time like driving between one objective and another, and not interacting with the world at all between point A and mm-hmm. point B, and just going, why is, why, why have they put this in here where it's like I have to drive for like five minutes? <laughs> and can you imagine the opposite if like Shadow of the Colossus came with that kind of energy? And said, we've got 16 enemies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. 16 bosses and nothing else. But that's the beauty what? of the whole thing, but it wouldn't be captured on the back of the box. But thing. yeah, like in a marketing yeah. situation, it's just like, yeah. we can't brag about that. <laughs> Most games have more enemies than that in the tutorial. <laughs> we've got all these shades of green you can look at in the landscape. <laughs> So many shades of green. I love you, Ada's games. I really do. I can't wait to play Shadow <laughs> of the Colossus. Um, but, fact, Bluepoint did an amazing uh, remaster of that game. Yeah, it's the same with um, with Demon's Souls. Mm. I, straight up, Demon's Souls, like, I, I played it for the first time this year, the Bluepoint remake, and it's like, it's one of my favorite games of the year. It didn't come out yeah. this year. But uh, it was uh, awesome. If, you're, if you are going to uh, dip into Shadow of the Colossus, uh, remind me to send you uh, Nick Sutner's book uh, for boss fight games yeah. that he did uh, about Shadow of the Colossus, and it's a great experience to uh, play up to a certain uh, bit of the game, read the chapter, uh, vice versa kind of thing. It's a uh, phenomenal experience to, to go back because he's gone back and sp- spoken to Wade san and uh, spoken about, okay, what were the decisions behind this? How did this come up uh, to, to these kind of themes and whatnot? So, uh, yeah, more than happy to send that your 
all right cool i'll definitely keep that in mind um the last guardian like at some point i'm gonna release the video oh. release a video that Horrible. is just the last guardian was amazing you fucking heathens yes, <laughs> shut up um <laughs> but uh but yeah no it um, costs so much <laughs> i do like and yeah i've got i've got strong opinions um that i'll save but the the like yeah it's it, it becomes like a marketing thing for the back of the box or like the digital mm. store page where it's like you know a world map bigger than planet earth about five thousand <laughs> side quests twenty thousand collectibles and look i might... a certain game called starfield saying you got a thousand planets in your game. right they did they did such a good job of making me almost play that game and then at the end just went we've got a thousand planets and i just went i'm out yeah, I even said it on, on. I was I was live streaming with Mooney, and I looked at Mooney and went, "No, <laughs> I'm not doing that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you won't have to explore them all. That's worse. Like, <laughs> like that. I guess that's called part part of this whole like the, the the crux of this point. It's just like I guess we can focus in on Starfield a bit, where it's just like the the pre release marketing hype of a thousand planets, and. And then I go, no, I don't want to explore a thousand planets. That's too many planets. And 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 the counter argument is, but you don't have to explore all of them. And then and then like people look at me like I'm a mad woman when I say, then what's the point <laughs> of all of the planets? Yeah. If if it's not enticing enough to 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 go there in the first place, kind of thing, then <laughs> there is no point in going. Like, that kind of- why are you making things that are pointless? Like, oh, it's nice side content. It's fun to explore. It's just like, but. It can't be because otherwise it would be um, necessary to the experience. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of the reasons I love Fallout New Vegas so much. Everywhere you go, that's like a land landmark place in that game. Like something cool is happening. Yeah. Um. There's no like, oh, this is just this is just a vault full of people who say Gary at you, and isn't it funny? <laughs> and that's the whole point of it. And it's just like there's not even a quest here what, what the fuck's going on I'm like i mean it was it was kind of funny 16 garys ago um yeah. <laughs> like and, and it's just like more meaningful content like less content but more meaningful yes it's, it seems like a kind of vibes not just with me but with a lot of other people and and mm-hmm. i did wonder like it was one of the things i thought of when i read uh, kitase san's quote in here which was just like oh yeah because like back in the day it's like they didn't have the freedom to make a thousand planets that you don't have to explore it was like everything in final fantasy 7 had to be fucking relevant in some way i was gonna say six but then it was like i haven't played six you haven't played six amy don't say six (laughs) (laughs) you haven't played it yet um but yeah like everything in final fantasy 7 like had to be relevant because you know that game was spread over three discs, and that was a lot of fucking discs. Sure was. Um, like everything in 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 games that were put on cartridges had to be like present and part of the point, because otherwise, what was the point in making it? And and I think, mm-hmm. and not and again, I don't want to come off as new games bad, old games good, but like in, in modern gaming, in a lot of ways, we've we've lost that. Um, in in a lot of the bigger games, where it's like we make a we make a lot of things that are. Not that are kind of pointless. Um, hmm. Just to say that our game's the biggest and it has the most things. And it's just like, but what are the, what is the value of those things? If I'm just going to ignore them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, 
driving around a Far Cry map is a lot. It was a lot of fun that one time a bear rammed me off the road, but that <laughs> only happened like once in forty hours. So, <laughs> and I think if it happened too much, I would have got annoyed with it. <laughs> like the novelty of it happening once was great, but maybe that could have been like a semi-scripted like moment <laughs> or mm-hmm. something, and and it still would have been memorable because a fucking bear rammed right me off the road. Yeah, as we adjust our rose-tinted uh, glasses, it, it's, uh, there's also a side element that I wanted to just throw in there. Uh, outside of the fact of uh, the, the restrictions, it's more of a game 99% of the time had to work. And whatever mm. bugs were there, it shipped with the cartridge, and you can do anything about it. <laughs> Those bugs became so, features at GDQ. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Those are called exploits, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how speedrun started, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I, it, obviously, it's it's great that uh, developers can go back uh, and uh, adjust things after the fact in terms of balancing. That is awesome. That and yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, for it, it's also you see it a lot of the times just uses a crutch of oh, it's okay, and a studio celebrating own gold when. We know there'll be a day one patch and a day two patch and all the rest Yay, of the kind of thing. and then it's just like in the background, like there's a server on fire. Um, yeah. Some some poor and, guy's and just like <laughs> bug crunching. Like. As, as I imagined, at least anyway, uh, back in the day, going gold would mean, yay, no more crunch of the developers. It's done. It's over. We've shipped. We've printed this. We're, we're free. You know, that's it. But then now it just means, oh, now, now day one patch. Yeah, no, no, it's like, that, it's yeah. like once we've taken the photo, it's like, we're back to work, everybody. The game still doesn't work. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, there is that. There, There is that aspect of it as well. Um, and also, I think um, smaller, more focused games would also alleviate, I'd hope, would also alleviate some of that crunch. Yes. I mean, I always go back to this this um, this example because, while technically impressive, it still blows my mind. Like, you know those shrinking horse testicles in Red Dead Redemption 2? <laughs> Why? Someone had, to, <laughs> someone had to take time and effort to, to, to put those in. Very, very impressive. Very incredible uh-huh. work by everybody involved. Why? though <laughs> because we could like mm-hmm. um cool but and who benefited from those it was the folks at ign that would have made the video to get clicks and all the rest of it and uh uh those are the kind of the only beneficiaries of that. Well, it, to be honest and I, i'm i'm fully aware that it was probably some people or someone who just got bored at work one day and just went mm-hmm. hey did you know we can do this <laughs> <laughs> And then put it in as a joke. <laughs> like I feel like that happens a lot, but but yeah, it is it is just that kind of thing of like again. I think I think we could focus in and, and stop making things in video games that a thousand planets, man. Like mm-hmm. why? I'm done. I'm done making the point now. Um, I think I think my new go-to shorthand for for this kind of topic is going to be a thousand planets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you only need to explore ten of them. <laughs> if I'm honest, it might not be that much. <laughs> it might not be that many. Maybe it was a hundred. It was a lot. It was a lot of planets. And and you know, hang on. <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry. It's in the ones that you were, uh, or I was at least inspired to explore. I think it was fewer than ten. During my playthrough of Starfield. 
everyone just says things about a thousand planets. How many planets do you need to explore in Starfield? Because I'm sure they said, like, oh, but you only need to explore this many, but I can't remember. I can't remember, but everybody just says a thousand planets, which is fair. It's mm. a big number. And it's an imp- it is hey, a big number. You know what? It's a, it is an impressive number. I'm not going to take mm-hmm. that away from the people that made Starfield. It is impressive that your game has a thousand explorable planets in it. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> Did I need them? It it is impressive. What's less impressive for me though is that it's all populated by procedural content. But the environments that are so for the structures that are on these planets, all of them are the same. In terms of identical, in terms of layout and things like that. So once you've explored one, you've explored them all kind of thing. And yeah, there might be different enemies in different loot, uh, loot drops in certain different places, but you know exactly where you're going and, and the rest of it takes. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's to the, the points that we're both making. Less is Yeah, it's well, it's why I play No Man's Sky obsessively for like a weekend and then yeah. leave it for like two years. Because it's like, it is procedurally generated. So eventually you do start sort of running into repeating like buildings and, and, and events mm-hmm. and items and stuff. But if I just play it in very small but concentrated bursts, I'll see loads of cool stuff and then I'll dip and and then I'll come back mm-hmm. two years later and I'll be like, whoa, look at all this cool stuff. <laughs> uh, Bubble planet, I what will, the fuck? <laughs> I will say uh, a quick shout out to Nintendo who continuously amazed me by how small their game files sizes are compared to the vastness of and all the the art and the and the beauty and the music and the in terms of uh like I, I believe Super Mario Wonder like clocks in at just over or under four gigs. And uh it's kind of when you think about Tears of the Kingdom how it utilizes a lot of the legwork that I'll put in with the with the map, at least the the the, the overall map. Obviously they, they included some extra bits uh that I may not spoil for those who have yet Tears of the Kingdom. Uh but yeah, the, there's a certain beauty and efficiency of that as well. If we don't necessarily have to reinvent the, we have the tier and we can build uh, freshly upon them. We have the technology. That's it. We can make it better. We can make it better. And you did, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Cool. I've got a light on my desk for no reason. I don't know why. I just I just saw it sitting on my mm-hmm. desk. If you'd like one of those lights, check your nearest Black Friday thingy for by Logitech. Don't get this like one. That. Don't get this one. Oh, it's, do not get that one. It's way too bright. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good for self models modeling selfies, as I've found, like from mm-hmm. an extreme distance. But when I try to use it for 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 content, uh, YouTube and stuff, like here, I'll show you. Like, and this is this is its lowest setting. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> like it only gets br- it, it it that that's the wrong wrong knob. It only gets brighter from here. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little bit too powerful. <laughs> so everybody, if, if you if you like your retinas been burnt out, this is the light for you. <laughs> you should have seen the first episode. I tried to use it. I was just like, "What, what was that video? You can't see it." <laughs> Hold on, it's got a warm function. Maybe that'll be better. Oh, that's not bad. That's just orange. It's the it's the curse of of being a video maker. It's like lights and camera stands and tripods will just randomly trip over them or like find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> ah, 
my eyes. Let, let's do <laughs> let's do an indie game of the week, and then when we come back, I'll be able to see again, and we can talk about some video games that we've played. Um, so indie game of the week this week. This is the thing we do every week where we try to no, that's open credit card dad. Where we. <laughs> This is the thing we do every week where we talk about cool-looking upcoming indie games that look cool and we think you should know about. This week's indie game of the week is Tiny Glade, which is a small, relaxing game about doodling castles. Explore gridless building chemistry and watch the game carefully assemble every brick, pebble, and plank. There's no management, combat, or wrong answers. Just kick back and turn forgotten meadows into lovable dioramas. Sounds nice. What a lovely time. Yeah, you just you just doodle and then the game goes, Oh cool. And builds it. Imagine uh it's ASMR central when all the different elements you come just into sit place. There like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the stuff. It's like it's mm-hmm. like um it's like listening to a rain like a rainy day, you know, and just yes. like chilling. It's just the same sort of vibe. It's just like <laughs> I don't know if that looked like I was chilling, but I was. That's Amy's chilling face. Now we know. <laughs> Amy, open your eyes. You're missing the game. I don't care. I'm in the zoo. Yeah. Leave me alone. But Tiny Glade brought to you by the fine people over at Pounce Light. So uh, coming 2024. So uh, if you can, uh, wish list this right now to show your support. Yeah, you've got a link wherever you're listening to this podcast in the description of the podcast. Again, Tiny Glade. Tiny Glade. Tiny Glade. <laughs> that's gonna do it let's do a let's do a halftime break um my eye my for some reason it's just my right eye <laughs> it's like it's a bit it's a bit blind <laughs> i'm a bit blind <laughs> um i got you in a sec team <laughs> the things i do for this podcast <laughs> i know the 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 dedication for your craft <laughs> i love halftime though because like I get to reflect on all of the things I've just said. And like that entire time I, I was away going, wait, was I too mean <laughs> about certain games there? <laughs> like, ah, I'm in my own no. head. Excellent. Like I have a deep love and respect <laughs> for everybody who makes video games. Yeah. I, someone once said to me when I was, because I used to be, I, when I was a, first starting out as a reviewer, I used to use my powers of wordsmith to maybe be a bit mean. F- mm. like f- funny mean which right, isn't, okay, yeah. which isn't really funny like but it's just mean yeah, yeah. it's just mean <laughs> and then uh and then some and then like someone told me um um at one point like oh you know like you should write reviews like the people who made the thing are, are reading them because they might be and i was like wow and that like really i really internalized that <laughs> from that moment on but i think i've internalized it too much <laughs> where yeah. it's just like oh no i said a bad thing about a game i'm sorry sorry <laughs> i'll do my penance <laughs> like but uh yeah so anyway now now that in my air i've exposed my the inner workings of my horrendous trash fire of a brain <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about some video games video oh no games, baby. I've, set, I've set myself up here <laughs> <laughs> So I've been on a tear this last week. You like, have. I finished two games last weekend. <laughs> like, like after like, uh, there's some weeks where I just don't play games. And then last weekend I was like, I'm going to play this one. I'm done. I'm going to play another one. I'm done. 
I want to play a third one. I'm not done, but I'm like halfway through. Um, there you go. So I do. I want. So I want to start with Slayer the Princess. You go for it. Because I don't. It's you know you know when like you know that really annoying thing people do where they're like they 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 play a game and they're like this game's amazing and then and then you go oh why and then you go i can't tell you <laughs> you just have to play it <laughs> well i'm about to do that <laughs> there we have it so go in sight unseen you, you have to, to play the damn thing you you have to go in with as it's one of those games you have to go into with as little knowledge as possible um because it's built around surprise um mm-hmm. so I, i'll talk a little bit about it but there will be like no specifics like so I'm going to bring up the Steam store page. Yeah. Because what I realized about the Steam store description is it's also the opening monologue. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's such a good fucking opening line. And you do hear it a lot. Um, so like it's like it says, the, the game opens and it's like, you're on a path in the woods. And at the end of the path is a cabin. And in the basement of that cabin is a princess. You're here to slay her. If you don't, it will be the end of the world. And that's that's the premise of Slay the Princess. Um, what more do you need? There's a princess in a basement, and there's a narrator telling you, you know, you're here to slay her. You've been tasked to, yeah. What happens next is up to you. <laughs> um, it's a very heavily choice-based game. If, mm-hmm. if you've ever played or heard about uh, the Stanley Parable, yes. um, I would say that's sort of a, a good comparison. Um, where it's like, you know, you've got a narrator in, in the game and, and it's, it's telling, like, in, in the Stanley Parable, it's more, he's telling you what happens and you can just go, yes. no, I'm going to go the, the other way. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, it's like, it's less like f- future tense. Like the, the narrator is not telling you what you, what is happening. He's telling you what to do. Um, and you can choose to do that or not. Um, and, and the game can fracture in dozens of ways based on small decisions that you can make. Um, for example, to give a to give one one thing away, you get to the cabin, and all there is is a door to the basement and a table with a blade on it that you pick up and take down to the basement with you. And you can choose to take the blade, or you can choose not to take the blade. And that has a fundamental change to what happens next. And then it branches out from there. And it's such a fucking cool game. In Fair that enough. regard. Um, I just uh, just looking up on which platforms it's available on. I believe uh, it's just Steam and Steam. good old yeah. games, yeah. I think it's just a PC game right now. Um highly it, recommended as it turns out. <laughs> it's incredibly it comes for me it comes incredibly highly recommended. Like I love pushing at the edges of a game and like this game in this game you have to find the edges before you can start pushing at them like mm. you know when you're given a choice you're given choices in games and 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 it's some part of your brain will always go okay how far can i take this yes. like how far <laughs> can i take rebellion <laughs> how much can i wind up the narrator and then <laughs> you can really things. wind up the narrator and and then the whole game is rebellion and yeah. it's like what the fuck like what the fuck is even going on is is the first <laughs> thing that you have to figure out um and again, like I could go into like massive depth about like why this game fucking rules, but then the game will be less special <laughs> to anyone yeah. who hasn't played it. 
Maybe maybe one day we'll get a spoiler cast. Who knows? Um, I would love to do that. Like, I would love to discuss with people like what the hell happened in your playthrough. <laughs> yes, because like the first thing I did, and I'll, I'll I'll say this because obviously it's not a spoiler. The first thing I did is the first thing I do in all games like this. I did everything the narrator said I was going to do. <laughs> mm. um, Follow like, the letter of the law. I'm going to set then... that baseline, and then and then in my second playthrough, I'm going to go. Okay, now I'm going to do the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like. Go left. No, I shall go right. Yeah, and then it was just like, wow. Like I had that wow moment of just like, oh wow. Like I've gone the exact opposite. This is incredible. And then it's like, okay, now I'm finding like different, different ways I can change the the encounter. And as I'm gaining more context for what's going on, like through through like continuing to play the game, it's just like, it's changing my perception of of what I'm doing and what I want to do. And the game surprised me. I played it for four and a half hours. Um, I, I will go back in 100% it because I, I have to, I have to see everything that was in this game. <laughs> um, but like, it, it surprised me like every like 20 minutes. Like I got this really awesome, like surprise where I was just like, okay, <laughs> like I'm cackling and, and, I played a demo of it last year and I've been kind of beating the drum, the Slayer the Princess drum since then. Um, saying like, you know, I played the demo and I fucking loved everything about the demo. Mm-hmm. Thinking it was like, it, oh, it's it's this um, it's this comedy horror game. Um, like, like the Stanley Parable. Like I fucking love the Stanley Parable. Um, and then like, I was surprised by how emotionally invested I got in 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 the game and the narrative that, was, that I was unfolding. And, and like, I got to the end and I'd, I'd, I'd intended to, to, to keep playing mm. because again, I wanted to see all of the stuff. Um, but then I got to the end of the game or like the, the end of that version of, of events that I did. Um, and I just, I just was like, it, it was, it felt so personal and special for me. And I was so emotionally invested in it that I was like, I don't want to like tarnish that by going again yeah, yeah. and doing different stuff. So I just kind of went, I'm going to leave it for a bit. Um, I have the entire thing recorded. Yeah. <laughs> like all four and a half hours. I recorded the lot <laughs> because I was like, within about 10 minutes, I was like, I am at some point in the future going to make this video. <laughs> that is going to happen. Like I have to. Um, and and yeah, it just, it, it went from my expectation of going in thinking this is going to be really clever and it's going to be really funny too just being a really really special experience that i was really really invested in um, nice like you stop taking the piss at some point like it's like hi it's funny to do this instead but then i was like i was more active in my choices i was more thinking mm. like okay i don't want to do x you know what i mean yeah, i don't yeah. want to do y and it was just like, for the sake of doing the opposite yeah, yeah, yeah and it's just it. like wow like this game's really fucking got me <laughs> So I imagine this isn't the case what it's doing internally in terms of social tracking, but whether the after the fact to say uh, on people's first playthrough, 20% of people did this and 80% of people did this kind of thing. No, it's just no. not that type of experience. It's not that type of experience. Um, so I'm going to read another part of, uh, of, of the scene store description um, just to give you an idea of a little bit about what's going on. And it's in the store description. So like, I feel like it's safe yeah, yeah. ground. Uh, when one of the features is no time loops don't be ridiculous time is a strictly linear concept and certainly doesn't loop whatever that's supposed to mean (laughs) (laughs) 
do do with that information what you will. <laughs> yes. Um, but have like, some conviction. Yeah. For goodness' sake. <laughs> yeah. it, it it builds on top of itself in such a beautiful way. Um, as you start again finding the edges of of this experience, um, and it it's a surprisingly like deeply philosophical game. Mm-hmm. Um and that I'm definitely going to be thinking about for a very long time. Um, and now I get why people loved it so much when it came out. Um, like, I thought I was going to love it just because of what I'd played of it, being an irreverent comedy horror game. But now I'm like, no, this has affected me deeply. <laughs> Not just because it's quite funny. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, fucking... But it just sucks that I can't just tell you why. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'll ruin the game. If I tell you why, <laughs> I'm so it'll sorry. Be inter- it'll be interesting to see if it appears in any future shows. In about well. three weeks, yeah, yeah, maybe. I think <laughs> probably will. I like. I know you don't do you don't do spooky games. I um, do not do spooky games. And obviously, like I just said, it is a comedy horror game. Mm. Um, I think one one of the things that happened to me was quite spooky. I don't know if it's necessarily a scary game though. Okay, spooky. I think spooky is fine. It's when it uh, when it gets like jump scary. I think that's where I. Yeah, I'm. I'm... <laughs> I think in the four and a half hours I played, there was maybe one or two moments where I kind of went. Okay. Like not necessarily like jump scare. It was just like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. But um, it doesn't lean into horror as like a, a pure horror experience. Like I'm okay. like too. That's good doing its whole like horror vibe um, yeah i would love to, i would love to know your thoughts on it because i think you would love i will i will give it a whirl i think you would love the game um um it's it's not currently on sale it just came out so <laughs> i was just like is it on sale with a steam sale like no no sorry yeah. it's not damn. <laughs> that, that, that'd be a bit ridiculous. <laughs> i would have been like fitz get it it's on sale um <laughs> But it is a it, it was a very special experience. I mean, it looks amazing as well. The whole game is like a black and white, hand drawn pencil art. Oh wow! Style, okay. um, and it's so fucking gorgeous um, from a, from an art artistic perspective. Okay, I think that will also help with it not being quote unquote uh, scary in terms of. Uh, I think when it comes to games which try to strive for photorealism. And then they do the scary stuff. That's where I get into trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely not. Uh, it's definitely stylized. Um, I think yeah, that, that's absolutely fine. Um, uh, things I wanted to say about the game, about the way the game is designed as well. So, for reasons that will become obvious as you play the game, um, mm-hmm. choices that you have previously made that will lead to the same outcomes that you've already had are grayed out so you can't oh, okay. you can't dead end yourself into doing the same thing twice um which i really appreciate as somebody who has like a bit of a bad memory yeah. um you can't go down any blind alleys um, okay or like cool. repeat content it's like if a yeah, choice yeah. exists <clears throat> and you've clicked on it before it means you can click on it and branch out in a different way than you did previously mm. which was awesome for me um because i saw like a couple of times it was like oh i can't click this anymore which means i've done that path but i've still yeah, got, you, like, you've explored i've still got these other options so like let me have a look at these and see what i want to do out of those um 
So I really did appreciate that. And for the for the amount of different characters, there's two voice actors in this game um, doing a lot of work. Um, um, and they're both incredible. I love them. Awesome. Speaking of games with amazing uh, art styles, tell me a little bit about Thesusus. Yeah, so this was the game I played before Slayer the Princess. Um, mm. uh, I played it over the course. I played the first 30 minutes two weeks ago, and then I <laughs> sat down and finished the game <laughs> uh, last weekend. Um, so Thirsty Suitors is... Um, what was the tagline for Thirsty Suitors? Because that was what immediately sold me on the game. Is it disappoint your parents? Yeah. Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Battle your exes, disappoint your parents, find yourself. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no matter what, I'm playing this game. And mm -hmm. that was that was literally from the first trailer of uh, at the Game Awards, I think it was. Um so this is a it's an it's a it's an RPG, like a turn based story driven RPG with like skateboarding mechanics as well as like uh, combat and cooking, lots of cooking, lots of food yes. in this game. Um, very much centered on um, Indian culture, for sure, or East Asian culture. Um, the main character's Jala. Her parents mm -hmm. are immigrants to America from Sri Lanka and India. Um, I, was trying, I was trying to make sure I was taking all of this in while I was playing it. <laughs> um, but sort of the the rest of the cast is filled out by Jala's parents, Jala's family, and um, some other characters. But the main the main core cast are Jala's exes. It's kind mm -hmm. of set up in a weird Scott Pilgrim way. <laughs> yes. Um. But uh, I believe most of the char most of those characters are also either immigrants immigrants themselves or their parents were immigrants to yeah, to America. first generation or second generation um, yeah, yeah first or second generation so they, there's a lot of like shared stuff through that it's in and it's also incredibly queer like mm. um Jala's bisexual um another character is trans uh there's another character who's a lesbian um there's a non-binary character like with, like and that was really cool <laughs> <laughs> to yep. just have all of those all of those characters just explode out of the screen um and it, it's kind of set up in sort of a way where it's like you deal with you know you deal with the storyline for for one x and then you know you do some family stuff and then another and then so on and so forth um and the way the story unfolds is really cool the characters are fantastic um it's probably like my biggest shout out like to the the character writing like Jala's great <laughs> mm -hmm. um her parents are fantastic her dad is incredible i love him so much <laughs> <laughs> um and and all of the exes are like despite being antagonistic um it's like when you first meet all of them um yeah. because battle your exes that's that's part of the the game it's mm -hmm. like they're fucking great yeah <laughs> like one of the battles against one against one of your exes bruno and he's just so much he's just so full of himself and into himself and i was like three quarters of the way through the boss fight before i realized the song that was playing was literally a song about how awesome he is <laughs> yes <laughs> and i was like fuck yeah wait this is he, a barney stinson energy coming wait i'm listening <laughs> to the lyrics all of a sudden <laughs> i love this energy <laughs> um but yeah no like i had a good time with it like i definitely had some some issues with some of the the gameplay um mm -hmm. which we can talk about as well is that but... more of the the skateboarding side or more of the kind of uh creating your uh, persona and then in that turn base so uh, the 
the skateboarding side of things, it's mostly just, it's mostly just your way of traversing. Um, it's yeah. very rudimentary. Like, it wasn't designed to be Tony Hawk's because yeah. I feel like that would probably have turned off a lot of people who, like me, who suck at Tony Hawk. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very easy to get to grips with, but it wasn't something I really engaged with when, when I realized mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily have to. Like, the skateboarding challenges um, that you can do that I did, like, one of, and then I was just like, I don't want to do any of these. <laughs> Like yeah, I don't understand play it. Skateboarding. There, are, there are options within the game to skip certain challenges as well. Uh, to... There are, yes. Yeah. Um, there's also options for for passing QTEs, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend you turn on. Because um, <laughs> not necessarily because the QTEs are bad. There's a lot of them, mm. and they're very repetitive, and it becomes incredibly annoying. Um, and it's like this um it's like this like friction between what's happening on the screen is great what i'm doing is f- great but i'm doing the same fucking qts over again it's really pissing yeah. me off and that comes down into both combat and the cooking sections of the mm-hmm. game the cooking sections of the game were the worst offenders for the qts because there's only so many different things you can do while you're cooking so cool. If you're like me and you want to do all of the the cooking recipes because they unlock conversations with either Jala's mother or Jala's father, which are excellent, um, you have to do a lot of these QTs over and over again. And at a certain point, I was just like, let let it end. Yeah. <laughs> so for for my exposure to this game, so I've seen a they done with uh, one of the developers and the team over at Kind of Funny, and uh, yeah, uh, so Greg Miller who's doing one of the uh, cooking segments and. Uh, the amount of times he had to uh, mash the square button and do it over and over and over yeah. again was obscene. But uh, I really like the mechanic of okay, she uh, John is trying to uh, you know have a fun conversation with their mother, trying to get them to open up, but she knows not to compliment them too much or uh, slide certain uh, compliments in because her mother's smart and she'll she'll yeah. she'll talk onto what what she's trying to achieve kind of thing. It, yeah. So for for what I what I've seen, it, it's really well written. Yeah, it, it's like the right. I can't praise the writing of this game enough. Like I'll I'll do it as much as I as, as much as I can. Like it's phenomenal and. It's a it, obviously it's it's a lens into a culture I'm familiar with, um, mm-hmm. but from from the outside, um, yeah. so I I I can identify. I don't know if tropes is the right word, like, but I can identify the themes. I can identify like the the commonalities. It's like the the relationship between Jala Jala and Jala's father is exactly what I would have expected, but that doesn't make it mm. bad. That, in fact, that makes it amazing. Um, and then like some of the conversations you have with with a with a dad are just fucking so good i was like cackling with laughter um and then there's like lots of little cute moments as well like you end every day in the game by sitting down and watch tv with your dad and then you fall asleep and then he piggybacks you up the stairs every night and i'm just like that's (laughs) fucking great man like like that that instantly gives gives this game an extra point or star or or whatever (laughs) the fuck but um but yeah no the 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 game the so the game like the story of the game is basically about how much wreckage Jala left behind um when she kind of left home um she ran off with a with another girl for like three years and now she's back and like her sister's not talking to her and like she hasn't barely talked to her parents for three years and like 
horniness kind of destroyed an entire social group um <laughs> which is all of her exes so like it's very much it's very much a, a comedic setup for a, a, a game that like does explore sort of like the damage that you can do um to each other yeah. um in a, in a in a funny way and in a fun and lighting way but also like it does like drill into some some truths um uh some hard truths for example one of the the characters um one of the exes dear um was it's quite a it's quite a you know the the old the old stereotype of she bullied um jala and um another character a lot um for being weird but then she turns out she was in the closet um, oh wow <laughs> <laughs> totally original but yeah. uh but then she had a, a, a fling with with jala in high school um which then ended really badly um and then when dia came out to her parents her parents kicked her out um mm. and like they still live in the same town and you, you talk to dia and and dia's like saying like yeah they don't even acknowledge me in the street and stuff and it's like it's resonant right yeah, yeah. it's like it's truth we've seen this happen yeah <laughs> yeah um and 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 all of the characters have stories like this um that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go into any, any other Lost. ones um but that they're all like really like resonant with like whatever's going on in their lives and like they, they put really interesting like spins on on these th on these stories as well which i really appreciated from a from a like enjoyment of the writing standpoint mm -hmm. um but they all culminate in boss fights which uh like i don't know if they're actually fighting like irl <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's set up like they're just like back and forth thing like it's set up like an intense yeah. conversation but it's also presented as a grpg battle um <laughs> an incredibly stylish and amazing grpg battle um where you can like call your mother <laughs> as a summon to help you out and she's just this giant fucking um caricature of your mother appears and smacks someone with a slipper <laughs> good old good old uh south asian jump will do immense damage <laughs> yeah and like yeah it's like the heaviest damage attack that you can do um yep. the combat with the combat itself like mechanically like again it's that friction it's like mechanically it was not the best like it, it didn't it, i wouldn't say it was bad but i wouldn't necessarily say it was great either especially carried over like it's i think i played this game for about eight to ten hours mm -hmm. um but stylistically and like what's happening and like the different moves that you do and 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 pull off and and like the convert the, the sniping and the conversations backwards and forwards like it was all a joy to behold it was just from a mechanical standpoint i was like i'd rather this was better <laughs> yes no 100 I, I, I can i can appreciate where you're coming from on that one yeah because it's all down to weaknesses mm -hmm. um so like you find a character's weakness to one of isn't five. there like an insecurity that yeah, kind of thing so it's or, sort of yeah. like elemental damage like it, mechanically right. it's the it's similar to elemental damage but instead of being like fire or wind or whatever it's like uh thirst or rage it's like you you're <laughs> taunting them um with a move that you pick from a from a menu <clears throat> to open them up to associated moves um, so all of the different abilities that you have will be tied to these things. So like you taunt yeah. them with uh, with thirst, say for example, and then that opens them up to to take extra damage from moves that are tied to the thirst. Sure, it's, that makes sense. Yeah, it's finding these weaknesses <laughs> that's <laughs> annoying because you have to go out of your way to keep trying taunts. So every turn you're you're burning one, and if you don't guess right, 
that's the turn wasted and you've got to try again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was recalling like Octopath Traveler 2, which has a similar battle system where it's like enemies have weaknesses that you have to expose. Um, and then once you expose them, you can take advantage of them. Yeah. But you do that by attacking. <laughs> So yes. the, th- yeah, the, th- yeah. the thing that you would do anyway, you just hit them with every different kind of thing you can think of, and then eventually you'll find the weakness. Whereas with this, mm-hmm. it's there's an extra step placed in front of it, where it's like you have to find the weakness first before the, you can then start doing the extra damage. Yeah. Um. So it was like that extra step just really started to grate on me after 10 hours. <laughs> 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 Luckily, you unlock some extra, extra summons uh, throughout the game and they can expose weaknesses for you. And I was so thankful of that because it was just like, yo, I'm going to use this move, lesbian laser beam, bam. And it's like all weaknesses exposed. I'm like, cool, that's going to make this fight so much less annoying. There you go. Lesbian <laughs> laser stuff. beam. It's another highly recommended title. For I'd say it's definitely a highly recommended title. Turn off the QTs. Um, and my gift from from me to you um, is that you do not have to engage in optional fights at all. There you go. <laughs> you don't need to do it, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> because everything I just said about the annoyance of combat amplifies greatly when you start doing optional fights. It's funny to try the um, the optional fights in the town square once or twice. Once it stops being funny, you can just stop doing them. That's Amy's pro tip of the week. That's everybody. my 30 suitors <laughs> pro tip. If you're going to play it, that's my tip. And do go. all the recipes because all the conversations that you get to unlock are great. <laughs> cool. Uh, I've been sinking a buttload of more time into Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, yeah. So I am now uh, coming up to, I want to say I'm at 40 hours in. Nice. Uh, of, of this current playthrough. Uh, given I played a bunch and then restarted because I wasn't quite happy with the build of my character, which... That now happens. I realize it. I should have just gone to Withers and just respect, but oh well. <laughs> These are the nights I rolled. Live and learn. <laughs> Live and learn, 100%. So, uh, for those who are familiar, so I through uh, the Underduck and are now in the Shadow Curse Lab, which are full of terrifying creatures. Mm, uh, it's a fun place. So, <laughs> yeah, there was uh, an individual who a spider and a human hybrid, but not in the fun Tom Holland Spider-Man way. Uh-uh, no, no. no. Uh, so I, I've developed a new phobia. So thank you, Baldur Gate, for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I've currently been doing that. But yeah, for, uh, obviously getting more com- comfortable with the uh, mechanics and what I ought to be doing with very different characters and their classes. Uh, as uh, If you're not aware, you're controlling uh, essentially every single member of you, you're building yourself, for example, a ranger and players. You just sorry, you're just cutting, you're just cutting out just just a little bit. No worries. So, uh, yeah, as I was saying, you're not just controlling the character that you've created; it's also the rest of your party members as well. So, essentially, you're learning how to play as, for example, a fighter or a barbarian or All a cleric and a wizard. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's it. So we're we're figuring out how to do those. Uh, I met a individual who was made completely out of gold and who wanted a lot more gold from me and i put a quickly put a stop to that and then discovered that they've either been excreting gold or just dropping piles of gold over the toll house <laughs> so i've just been scooping yep. all that up <laughs> <coughs> yeah oh you've met what so mm, should i say anything 
I, I imagine there's more of them. There are there are three. There are another two um, characters that aren't made mm. of gold, right? Um, okay, but are sort of a similar kind of encounter, and that's all yes. I'm going to say. There's there's a place <clears throat> there's a place called the House of Healing, which oh I've been to there. Yeah, which had a thing inside of it, and when I the way I resolved this thing made me collapse in laughter. <laughs> that the game let me get away with this. <laughs> so when I went to the House of Healing, I came across one of the few bugs, and I will say it's, it's one of the few bugs that I playing this game, as one of the uh, uh, one of the NPCs there, I, I believe like a, a nurse arch- archetype, and sure. essentially every single my party member was locked in with a conversation with them. I could not leave oh, the air in the space. No. <laughs> so I had to uh, walk to one of the... Uh, the way markers the yeah. uh, somewhere else on the map but because my group was entangled with the conversation i kind of had to do it one by one <laughs> and then go, go back and fetch some kind of thing uh so i haven't done the quote-unquote story event that's in that but yeah. what i have done was uh found the parents of someone of a little child who you met earlier on in the game and right. uh, they weren't happy with the results and now leave them alone yeah we're gonna no. see how that pans out yeah so Another Amy pro tip. If you're having trouble, because I'm assuming you went in through the front, there is yes. there is a there is a way to get in through the back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which will take you straight to the story event. Okay. Um, and I had so much fun with that story event. Oh my god! And there's another one somewhere else, which I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, which again, I, I was cackling. It's just one of those things where it's like the game's letting me do this. Why is the game? No other game would let me get away with this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I found my way through to uh, some sort of tavern uh, where this enormous gentleman, a variety that's, of concoctions on his one. back. Yeah, that's yeah. The other one. Uh, so. For some reason, I did not engage with the conversation with the individual. I just uh, uh, bravely shot them from the shadows uh-huh. and just started the fight this way. Uh, yeah, I imagine there were some uh, some story elements where essentially you could, I want to say, have a drink with them first, and then you can figure it out that way. But uh, <laughs> oh, you can you can have a drink with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, <clears throat> so so that fight got a bit tense. Uh, when they, uh, but we survived the the like number of rounds before certain uh, effects happened to them and all the rest of it. So yeah, we're in the hopefully what is the spookiest part of the game? It doesn't get more much more spooky than this. No, uh, there's so yeah, this is the spooky section, like Act okay, Two in the fine. Shadow Curse lines. There is um, just a forewarn you, I guess. There is there is like a quest line that will take mm. you to us another sort of spooky area in Act Three. Um, okay. But I think it's it's definitely a lot less in, intense on the spooky stuff than uh, than Act yeah. Two. So you'll get to meet an interesting character. <laughs> yeah, uh, I came across Isabel and I instantly fell in love with the outfit. And I want to know where I can get that outfit. Hopefully, to murder them in order to get this outfit. No. But uh, yeah, so they they had a really cool look about them. And uh, yeah, uh, they were they were awesome. And yeah, it's cool to see some of the characters I met from uh, the Grove to begin with and where they uh, are now and where they've gone to and heading towards Moonrise Tower, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure I'll begin uh, to, to that in the next couple of days and whatnot. But yeah, I am, I'm all in on both. It is rocketing up the, uh, the, the individual rankings that I have for 
mm-hmm. uh, title, which came out this year. <laughs> so one question, and again, for people who haven't cool. played Baldur's Gate 3, I'm going to keep this as vague and, and spoiler-free as I possibly can, but I have to ask this question. You've done the crash, right? I have. Did you get insta-killed in the most hilarious way possible while talking I- to a giant person? I did not, but I did make an enemy of this person. Okay. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like, I'm loving, like, because Baldur's Gate 3 is one of those games that people are just picking up, like, throughout the year. And I love, like, ev- I think everyone who's gotten to that point and has and has gotten that particular outcome will just post about it on social media and just think it was, it, like, oh my God, the game just killed me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, it's fucking great, right? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> the game will just go, you're dead. <laughs> as, a, as a as a D DM, it is it's always the secret goal of every DM to get a total party killer TPK as we call it. <laughs> like, oh, you're you're planning on using hubris here. I see. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's not going to end well for you. <laughs> uh-huh. It's such so a that, fantastic moment. It is, and in that particular moment, so obviously you're you're coming into this game and uh, only knowing what you've been told, kind of thing. It, it's uh-huh. kind of. You have this. Uh, you have this individual who is currently saying they're your guardian. Whether they remain your guardian, whether they turn around. Ah, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal moment. Later on in the game, we'll we'll find out kind of thing. But you got to ride or die with the person that brought you, right? So I look, <laughs> that, I look that's forward where my to, our, to our future Baldur's Gate three spoiler cast. <laughs> yeah, 100%. there is um, there is another very hilarious opportunity for you to die instantly. Um, awesome and i'm, I'm gonna interested in know if you do it i did it and the mm-hmm. entire time i was doing it i'd say i also saved because i was like i'm pretty sure if i do this thing it's going to result in my immediate death <laughs> and i was like but i have to see yeah you, you gotta see you gotta push so, those boundaries right? so i was like yeah. click 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 yep i'm dead <laughs> yeah uh also i found my way into how many video games sorry just to interrupt you a second yeah. how many video games will just do that will just be like <laughs> i'm going to give you the option to die like if you choose these options you're gonna die and then actually kill you mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's just fucking great game design yeah that like most video games will do that are you sure are you really sure oh there's there's yeah, a there's yeah, a bit there's... really far on um, it's the only time it happened and I was having such flashbacks to playing D&D where it's like you click on a thing and the game goes the game does the DM thing and goes are you sure about this <laughs> and I was like <laughs> yes I, every D&D player who has ever played D&D has been asked this question by their DM and they always ignore it <laughs> yes <laughs> amazing uh, yeah also stumbled in, into an altar for Shah I want to say and uh, they asked me to either pick up a knife or uh, pick up the knife and uh, do the whole Robin Hood Prince of Thieves where you slice your hand and, and do the rest of it. So I thought, what's the worst that can happen? I'm not going to steal the knife because Shadow Hut's right here. I'm guessing she's <laughs> going to frown upon whatever I do. Kind of. Uh, yeah, I got some some blessing for those. Uh, uh, so we'll see if that has any uh, ulterior effects. And yeah, then it's just working my way into Karlik's heart, and that's objective number one. I mean, that's objective number one, right? Um, mm-hmm. To give some vague, definitely not directed advice, before you go to Moonrise Tower, do make sure you're following all of the, the part companion quests that you can. Yes. There's, there's, a, there's a huge one uh, in the Shadowlands. <laughs> uh, so I Gale met up with uh, this old dude. <laughs> yeah, the dude. Yeah, the yep. wizard guy. Yeah. So... 
essentially, I think I've come to a point where uh, at least two of our companions so far have come up with uh, a story beat, which is, okay, you're going to need to do this thing, but then you're going to die if you don't do this other kind of thing. <laughs> and he's kind of like, okay, is that going to be the, the thing for all of them? <laughs> it's like, well, it's definitely a plan. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good plan, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also me saying, yeah, sure, sure, sure. We'll do all of that. But then, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you are not going anywhere near that 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 particular uh, engagement. Yeah. That's what I did, but like, yeah, it is. Um, it is, it is possible to to end win the game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a lot sooner uh, than, than you otherwise would. <laughs> yeah, so I'll just keep an ear out for if any of those other things gonna pop up with any of the companions rocking. But uh, well, I, 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 I mean, you're in the shadow lands. Surely, anyone, yeah. who, any characters who might have something to do with shadows. I mean, who have, could it be? Might have some kind of extremely important um, and incredibly amazing uh, story content, maybe. I mean, uh, yeah, that you know, the hand may hurt every now and then. We don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe we'll maybe, find maybe, out. Maybe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So my my plan is to keep poking around until I've at least explored all of the bits of the map that I can do, kind of thing, before moving on and. Hopefully I'll bump into whatever story beats I do come into. But if I don't, then I don't. That's my playthrough and it's... Uh, yeah, that's the, that, that, you're, the dice. Yeah. you're the author of your own story. Absolutely. But yeah, that, that's uh, Baldur's Gate 3. The other thing we've been doing is uh, getting ready for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So uh, my wonderful girlfriend, uh, Lager Fox 12. Uh, Shout they... out. <laughs> Uh, they particularly enjoy uh, well we we enjoy playing video games together where uh, one of us will be on the sticks and and the other will be uh, sat with them uh, in front of the TV kind of thing and uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is still one of my favourite games of uh, most favourite games of all time and it's one of these where uh, they haven't uh, experienced any uh, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Advent Children or any Ever Crisis or anything else kind of thing so okay how do we get them prepped for everything that's going to be happening in Rebirth with a sense, I'll say a, a small sense, because I don't think anybody under, truly understands everything that's going on <laughs> when it comes to FF7 uh, of uh, of what is going to go down in Rebirth and why things are happening. So, uh, yeah, the theory crafting I'm seeing in it about, around Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is incredibly entertaining. Mm. I have theories. Oh, we all have yeah. theories. So uh, it might involve a quick replay of, well, I say quick, it's still going to be probably the 20 hours uh, of remake and integrate. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it might be a, a bit of just putting it down to easy. All my characters are level 50 anyway. I'm not sure that, I don't hold much hope that that will actually matter. As in, I don't think we'll be able to port level 50 characters over to start a rebirth or some I'd- freaky deaky way why everybody starts a- I don't think because it's think. a cro- it's a cross generational game, so the chances are a lot of people probably played this game on PS4, um, yeah, rather than PS5. Um, but I like I, there'll be something like they, they're not going to start you from zero. I'm pretty sure I've read someone from mm. the game development team saying something like that, but I don't think there'll be like a save transfer going yeah. on. But uh, there are several moments that I'm really looking forward to to showing them of of remake. So mm. everything that goes down in the honeybee in uh, the hell house fight, 
the honey bee in <laughs> that entire chapter just yeah fucking uh, legendary i want to just replay that chapter over and over again mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't wait to see the expression when we go to the hand job store that's going to be fun uh, also in the same chapter <laughs> yeah also, all, all every, three all three of the things you just said are all in the same chapter <laughs> shit goes down in wall market <laughs> wall market is fucking amazing <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so just to just to give them some context into why it's important when the the whispers come in and interrupt what goes down in shimmer tower when uh, barrack gets gently stabbed <laughs> Yeah, and uh, but the, as it's in the, the whole point of remake is we are in in the midst of resetting, uh, or resetting the possibilities of what can happen. Yeah. Given that what we know happened in the original FF Seven title, what I think the whispers were suggesting, uh, of all the events of Advent Children yeah. and how the three figures there kind of like with Yosh. Uh, and and the other two jabronis who are uh, in Advent Children, and it's kind of, yeah, anything's anything's on the table. And I hold hope in my heart that uh, a certain character doesn't meet a sticky end this time because that's uh, what I was going to ask you about. Actually. Yeah. So like they released the the age rating for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, not long ago, um, and it's like rated teen or whatever. Um, okay. But, like, when they release these ratings, like, they tell you, like, they give you the context. So it's, like, all of the things that yeah, happen in the all game. All the fun stuff. <laughs> um, you know, like, no, like, spoilers or anything. It's just, like, these are the reasons why this is rated teen. So, you know, I'm reading, reading through it because I'm a massive nerd. Yeah, and bad is, language. And or, yeah, like yeah bad language. People are smoking. Characters getting impaled. And I was, like, oh, no. No. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> So the the one the one theory that I've been uh, spoiler I've been spoiler in, in for the, people here yeah. here um who are here go skip to the next thing on the timestamps. So because they came out with Crisis Core Reunion mm-hmm. and they reintroduced or reminded people of who's that and how we saw him in the post credits of remake, either coming into the same timeline or the two timelines existing in in parallel and all the rest of it. I think Cloud might make the sacrifice play and jump in front of the blade. And Zack takes over. And most of the third game is how do we get Cloud back into the fold? Well, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because obviously in the original game, Cloud does go away for a while either way. Mm. Like, um, like you play as like Tifa and Sid. Um, yeah, it was like the main party leaders. Um, my like I so I did a spoiler cast in 2020 uh, with a a friend of mine. He's like a massive Final Fantasy nerd. Um, shout out to Tori and and like we we spitballed like because like once you unfold the full game and it's just like oh like it's it's about like it's not it's about changing fate and mm-hmm. and I, I I was sort of like I don't think they're gonna change very much. I think I think they're leaving you with the impression that like anything could happen, but I think like things. They're giving are... us hope just so we can rip our hearts out even stronger. <laughs> what I, what I said at the time was because um, I think she mentioned the possibility of cloud. Cloud will be the one um, instead of Aerith. Mm. And what I what what I said was, <laughs> I was like, well, here's what I would do if I was writing Final Fantasy VII Part Two, um, which was I would make it a choice. Not a not a char- not a player choice. I mean, yeah, like yeah. a character choice, where it's like she knows it's going to happen, 
pretty sure Red knows it's going to happen. Yeah. I think by the time we get to that moment, everyone knows what's about to happen. And for whatever story-related reasons, character-related reasons, they can save her, but to make sure the world doesn't end or whatever, they have to let it happen. Yeah, the I was like, how, weapon is the ultimate sacrifice. Because I was yeah. like, how do they, how do they do it? How do they still do it in a way where it destroys us all over again? And I was like, mm-hmm. if they can stop it, but they don't, because they have to make that sacrifice. I was like, that to me would just be, it would kill me. <laughs> yeah, I can also see there being, uh. So in in remake, you had the scene in front of Aerith's house where it could be you and Tifa, you and Projection of Aerith, or you and Barak, I think. Oh, sorry, Cloud. <laughs> All these people, I'm projecting myself in there. Uh, I could also see it being in Rebirth where we have similar instances where it could be a different combination of characters. Mm-hmm. And everybody can have a quote-unquote uh experience when it comes to to rebirth and that might be interesting but then you go into the the thing with the third game how do you tie all back in i'm sure they figured it out but yeah i can't wait for i think it's early feb late jan maybe march january it's um, february march 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 sounds right time Um, is a flat circle anyway it's coming at some point soon (laughs) october probably yeah Um, Uh, but yeah no like like that's my that's been always been sort of my pet theory of of how they're gonna do i'm like they're gonna do it they just need mm. to make it hurt just as much as it did the first time. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives them agency at the end of the day as well. Mm. And rather than just being a quote-unquote damsel in distress for people who haven't necessarily played uh, the original and they what they know of Aerith and what happens to her in that kind of thing, they might just think, oh, it's classic video game. The tr- the yeah, kind oh, of thing, they're going to do the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's only one of the most iconic scenes in video game history, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the but, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like like I said, that's my my theory. Like I think they're gonna have to make it so that you choose to do this thing. Like character, the characters choose to do yeah, this yeah. thing. Um, I hate myself but, for yeah. even thinking of it because then I was like, what mm. would I do? Oh, I would apparently just inflict misery on everybody. Atsuo <laughs> 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 Nomura, he's rubbing his hands, thinking of all the miseries about. He's uh, he, yeah, he's, he's listening to all of these theories, and he's just like, you're all wrong. <laughs> Uh-huh. Sat there in the jacket made of 17 zippers. He's unzipping all of them all yeah. at <laughs> <laughs> Giving it the evil laugh. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, like I'm I'm super excited. Like I do kind of want to play a replay a remake myself just to refresh it in my mm-hmm. in my mind. And I and I'm so glad they're giving uh Yuffie some uh shorts that fit this time and giving her a belt <laughs> rather than the questionable decision of giving her an unbuttoned pair of shorts. In, in, I'm surprised uh, the gamer bros didn't lose their mind like they did with Kiefer's sports bra. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Cla- Cal- was it Cali? Um, mm. He put out that post. It's like here's how bras work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow, was this Final Fantasy Seven? What a Final game. Fantasy Seven? Like how did they? How did they do it twice? Caught lightning in a bottle twice. We'll soon find out. It's good. Um, I've also been playing Cocoon. I haven't finished it. Um, I just sat down and I sat down to play it um, after I finished Slay the Princess. Not immediately after, but like as my next game. And then I realized mm. I must have deleted it because it wasn't on my <laughs> Xbox. And then I was like, well, fuck 
fucking goddamn. So I re-download it and then play it a different day. And I played about half of it last night. Um, okay. It's really breezy. Like, I was surprised by how yeah. breezy it is. Like, you know, you, you, you see the concept of, like, worlds within worlds and you, you jump out and, and jump back in and, like, move all of the, the orbs around and stuff, ponder all the orbs. Um, so I was, like, thinking, like, this is going to be really cerebral. Like, I'm really going to be, like, testing the muscles in my head. And I was just like, no, like, the, the solutions to the puzzles are just tricky enough yes. to, like, tickle that itch in the back of my head. But I was never really stu- stumped. So I was never really mm-hmm. – I never really stopped moving. Um, so it's, like, it's been interesting to just be, like, constantly, like, pick the thing, do the thing, do the thing. And just yeah. be like, wow, I'm, like, it's it's really breezy. The The design of how – they uh you physically can't backtrack in this game mm-hmm. so you never spend any amount of time saying oh did i miss something let's go back yeah like 20 minutes of backtracking and all the rest of it you just that there's not uh there's not any of that and the solution to everything you need is right in yeah it's to- it's right there it's like if mm. you see like this thing and this thing it's like okay well i have to make these two things interact in some way and that's the puzzle um and it's good like i was worried when i started picking up multiple orbs that i was gonna lose track of like which one i was supposed to be in and what i was supposed to be doing but it's not happened yet which is good Mm -hmm. um it's just like oh you just follow a path until you can't follow it anymore and then you you jump out and then stick a world within a world within a world and it's just like oh wow there's like there's some fucking conceptual shit going on here man like (laughs) and it it does that i feel my bougie game journalist (laughs) brain activating (laughs) it it does that wonderful thing that all the great puzzle games do is it makes you feel like a genius when you figure out the solution for this (laughs) oh if i just do if i just put this inside this then i can Mm -hmm. do this yeah yeah Yeah. well the the one which broke my brain was your you intentionally get your little buddy caught uh caught the 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 kind of fly creature who helps you yeah, unlock things I think you I intentionally get them one. caught jumped into some uh like another orb in a and different back orb. into a different so yeah. that you can cat and then get him unstuck and it was like yeah i just did that puzzle last night and i was like i, I it was wasn't one where i had to think about it as soon as i saw it i was like aha yeah, but it was still yeah. just like but it was still just like that's really clever Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a clever use of this mechanic like i love a game i love games and i've said this multiple times on this podcast i do love a game that has one thing and then just does everything it can with that one thing um, yes it's just such a good it's just so it's fun mm-hmm. i don't like the boss I think fights, the, yeah they, they can be a bit uh they, they are challenging and it's one of these where you essentially can't get hit once and one, uh, if you get hit once, you get thrown out of the, that particular <laughs> orb, and then yeah, you, it's like Smash Bros. Yeah, <laughs> game as it comes up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so once you some some of the later boss fights, I will say they can get challenging. Um, and uh, going back to the Dark Souls conversation you had earlier, you, in some uh, Dark Souls events, when you uh, when you get bodied by a boss. And you spawn Never back at the bonfire. No, 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 this is the first time every time, right? So, and then you're doing the trek back to the wall of fog or whatever it happens to be. There's one instance in Cocoon where there is quite the trek to get back up to where the boss is, and you have to do a number no, of things no. a number of times. Uh, that is 
the most frustrating part of the game. Oh, put but the it only happens once. Fire outside the boss, man. What are you doing? <laughs> we learned this, Doctor. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So you'll get really good at doing the run up to the boss thing, and then by the time you get to the boss, you forget what the mechanic was to take the boss down. <laughs> What am I doing again? Oh, no, I'm dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's beautifully told. There's no oh, yeah. bits of dialogue yeah. in the game at all. But I, uh, yeah, this the, is, the signposting and the visual storytelling is amazing. Yeah, this is probably like the bougie game enjoyer in me. I, I still love that someone said that. I mean, like... Um, <laughs> but like, I love when a game just drops you in the world and goes, okay, figure it out. Mm-hmm. like it doesn't even give you a tutorial no tutorials no nothing it's just like cool yep. here's a world uh have fun and, <laughs> and it's like wait are you gonna even tell me the buttons and then it's just like right? no you can yeah, figure it, it out <laughs> it's like yeah just, just try them what's worse i can happen it's just so good like, i don't know why i just love that kind of game design i really really mm-hmm. really love it where it's like you let me figure stuff out for myself and the best part about that is it means i'm probably gonna remember all the fucking controls like <laughs> As much as I love the tales, tales of RPG RPG mm-hmm. series, like the fact that you're still getting fucking tutorial hints twenty hours into the game, it's like, dude, I still don't remember the shit you taught me ten hours ago. <laughs> I'm just doing the basic attacks because I can't remember any of the other stuff. All of the information you try to stuff into my brain, it's just pushing it out of the other side. Did you not know you need to be a sponge like for the first ten hours of the game where they throw tutorials at you? <laughs> yeah um i love those games but it is like it is a tutorials is a is a thing like a lot of games mm. don't necessarily get right it's like let me figure it out um that's what i'm here for <laughs> yep 100%. i think that's just that's just another one of the reasons why i eventually like really just fell in love with the, the souls bonds because it's like you just get the fuck out of my way and let me figure out what i'm doing and i'll fuck it up but i will learn as i do so yeah uh yeah so go play cocoon if you haven't already it's available on xbox game pass uh on xbox and on pc so uh wherever you get and on ps5 we have to get it yeah and because yeah, also... moody bought it on ps5 because he didn't check he did. game pass <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. cool if you're if you're inclined to get trophies that way then uh uh there you go yeah wherever you want to play it play it it's a good game really um, games are fun it is a good game like i'll finish it um like what did I I actually posted? Um, I narrowed my uh, my list down to a few games. The games that I'm hoping to play before the yep. the, the game of the year. Uh, Cocoon is still on there because I haven't finished it. Um, In Stars and Time, which I we talked Ooh, about, I talked okay. about wanting to play last week after Rebecca Valentine mm-hmm. did her thing. Uh, Spider Man Two, which is over there i need to put it in the playstation at some point uh i need to finish sea of stars which i've i've like a few hours in Mm -hmm. Uh, chance of scenario which i have downloaded on my ps5 yeah um videoverse and the cosmic wheel sisterhood which are in my steam basket as we speak um i just need to hit purchase um it's steam sale it's the steam sale thing where it's like you you <laughs> fucking you you're maximizing like the games like maxing that's it yeah, yeah um and the last one is stray gods and that's the only one i don't own and i don't know <laughs> where i'm i don't know like i'm not gonna probably not gonna be able to buy it before game of the year so i might not get to it by then um and a highland song which is coming out next week or the week after next nice 
which I've been looking forward to for a while. Inkle, great studio, makes some phenomenal games. Um, so that's like my rundown of like, this is what I'm hoping to get to <laughs> before mm-hmm. game of the year. Um, and then like, I feel like I've got like a solid list of, of games to work from to then argue about with you and Moody in a few weeks. There you go. I'm going to be interested to see how that, how game of the year conversation runs. We're all respectful enough to not start fights with each other, but <laughs> When when I was pitching the idea to Moody, I was just ripping off Giant Bomb, <laughs> and just uh, like making a big list and then cutting games, and then like we get to the ten and then we start ten and just order them as we go up. And it's like, I mean, we're we're all pretty pretty opinionated, and we all seem to have somewhat divergent tasting games. So I'm going to be fascinated to see one what what are the ten games that make it to the ten. <laughs> Um, and then what order they're going to go in because I, I feel like our game of the year list is not going to look like anyone else's game of the year list <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, collectively which is just awesome yeah if I, if I recall back to last year when you kind of invited me to do uh, the kind of rundown of you Moody providing your 10s I think God of War Ragnarok only won because you had it 10 <laughs> I had it number ten. And then we had the number one kind of thing. One. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of why I wanted to get away from it. It was a great. It's a great. It was a great idea, even though we kind of like trashed that idea when we were talking about the game awards last last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what I quickly realized as you were doing the rundown for the for the for the top ten, I was like, oh, he's just going backwards and forwards between our lists from like yes. halfway through, <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> um, oops. <laughs> like it was, uh, it was God of War was number one because we both played it. Tunic was yes. number two because we both played it, and then like from number three down, it was just an enemy game, a moody game, an enemy game, yes. game an enemy game. It was 100%. like we already had two crossover games, so I was like, mm, we need to rethink this format. <laughs> yeah, because it made the show like thirty minutes. As well. <laughs> yeah, immortality got bodied, man. <laughs> like I sure stand did. by that as one of my favorite games I've ever played. <laughs> um like i would have definitely tried to argue that up to at least number two last year if we'd done it if we'd done done the format we're gonna try last year i would have been like no Mm -hmm. no it's number two but yeah i'm I'm looking forward not only to what we put together but uh the giant bomb i think for the first time they're gonna do it live so they'll get people (laughs) shout at them live i always enjoy watching their discussions like it, it it, it goes back to what I was saying about how I like to enjoy game of the year season where it's like, give me the passion, man. And you just see people like, like, you know, like, Oh, we're going to cut this game. And it's like, okay, that's fair. Like, and this is why I loved it, but I get that it's not a top 10 game, but like there was a year. Um, the year was uh, whatever year judgment came out. Um, and it was like, uh, I can't remember which which of the people on the podcast it was, but it was just like I am gonna get this to the to the top ten, and he was just like refused to to let anyone get rid of it, and then it got to 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 the to the top ten deliberation, and then he just went, yeah, we could put it at number ten, that's fine. I only wanted to get it this far because <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was like his personal game of the year. He knew no one else really like vibed with it, and he just as soon as it got to the ten, he was just like, I did it. <laughs> 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 that's good enough for me <laughs> great stuff um yeah i guess go go watch giant bomb good, mm. good channel <laughs> but watch our game of the year podcast uh, the week the week before christmas 
Um, yes. I don't know what the date will be when the podcast comes out, but we're going to do the same thing, but with me, Vitz, and Moody, and we're going to have a lovely discussion about like fucking thirty games or something. I just give or take. <laughs> um, open critic head to head. That was what we're doing next. Yes. Yes, it's time for the the end. The end of the podcast is nigh. It's time the for end open of podcast. Critic. Podcast. <laughs> time for open critic head to head. This is the game we play every week, where we guess the open critic average of upcoming games. Whoever guesses closest to the score gets a point. Uh, if you manage to guess the score correctly, you get two points. Last week we tried to guess the open critic average of two games. The first one was in stars and time, which is uh currently sitting on my ps5 right now sorry just loading something up for later oh good uh oh shit um so in stars and time i guessed it would get an 85 mooney guessed it would get an 81 vitz guessed it would get an 82 at the time of recording in stars and time has an open critic average of 79 which means mooney gets a point we also dang tried- it and also congrats <laughs> <laughs> yes well we also try to guess the open critic average of worldless I guessed it would get a 79. If I just swapped those over. Uh, mm-hmm. Moody guessed it would get an 81. Vitz guessed it would get a 77 at the time of recording. Worldless has an open critic average of 82, which is Moody another point. Jams scores week. in an Amy 36. Moody 36. <gasps> Tied game. Vitz 8 draws 3. Fitz's year will be next year, I'm sure of it. Um, <laughs> let's let's win the the fantasy critic league for this year, and then we'll worry about. Well, we'll this talk, next we'll year. talk about that in a sec. Um, it's heating up. It's heating up. Um, uh-huh. So this week we're going to guess the open critic average of two more upcoming games, uh, both on Russell's list. He's trying to get in a third at the moment um, in fantasy critic. But we've the first up. We've got Dragon Quest Monsters: The Dark Prince. Uh, I would like to go with a 79. 79 it is. Yeah, I don't know anything about Dragon Quest Monsters. Um, I I imagine it's a spin-off. It's not a mainline title. Probably. doesn't have a number. It doesn't have Roman numerals after the title. There you go. Um, I'm going to go with 75. Uh, Moody will put his guess in when he puts his guess in. When they get around to it, yeah. Um... And next up, we've got SteamWorld Build, which is an interesting one. I love the SteamWorld series, like, just constantly reinventing itself. <laughs> There's, like, different genres. Like, I played SteamWorld Dig 2 on on Twitch years ago, and it was, like, it was like a, 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 a like action platformer, and now it's, like, a building <laughs> game. And I'm like, this is cool, man. <laughs> uh, I would like to go for an 81, please. Read my mind. Um, <laughs> I'm just going off vibes here. <laughs> oh, this whole game is going off vibes. Moody, yeah. <laughs> well, not long after we started this game, Moody did point out this is basically random chance the game. <laughs> like, you can't possibly, it's like this in Fantasy Critics. Like, you can't possibly be skilled at either game. <laughs> it is just guessing. <laughs> yeah. Um, who can ride their luck out the most? <laughs> yeah, who is the luckiest motherfucker? Um, on the podcast. Uh, I am going with an 84. Um, so we'll see how that falls out. I think there's only like two more weeks we can do this with like new releases and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're, cl- we're pretty close to wrapping up this game. Just like we're pretty close to wrapping up Fantasy Critic. It's between you and me, Vit. Everybody else fell oh, by the wayside. 
Um, and when I say between you and me, I mean, it's a long shot. It's a long shot. Um, you are currently in first with 189 points, and I'm in second with 176 points. Um, and then Keith is in third uh, with 137. Moody is in fourth with 137. Joey's <laughs> <laughs> loving that. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's having, it's the first time this has ever happened, but they are separated by the decimal points. Um, and it's not, it's not that far apart. (laughs) Um, Russ is in fifth currently with 114, but Russ has fucking, I think three games coming out. So we'll see if he can get past both of them. Uh, Elf Daughter is in sixth with 76 points. And a shit ton of games all sort of come out. Yes. Um, she went fucking nuts on the bids last week when she realized she could <laughs> drop things. Um, so, it all comes down to a Highland song. <laughs> it does. Because um, I, put, I put some cheeky bids in a couple of weeks ago, but they didn't pan out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I oh, saw well. the I saw the gap in your team, and I was like, "Man, if he fills that gap, I'm fucked." But then I was like, "What's he going to fill it with?" At this point, with what's left over, I don't know if the risk is greater to to you by putting a game in there. Yeah, or just like taking the yeah, hit of zero and potentially <laughs> and potentially just getting a minus. It's like maybe I should maybe like you just take the zero and hope for the best. Because uh, yeah, you're currently fifteen ahead. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Uh, four, 14 points ahead. I need, so I need Highland Song to get me 15 points. So I need it again in 85 or above. And I've got you. But that's a lot of I've, points. I've, I've had the most amount of fun doing this this year. <laughs> I said at the beginning of the year, after I fucking curb stomped a lot of them, I, I remember saying at the beginning of the year, I would just like a fight. That's all I want, a fight. Unless... uh. Savior of the video game industry, Jeff Keighley comes out and drops if, Silk Song. Yeah, and then Silk it's Song all over. Out, it's all over. Like, it's done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> to be fair, though, I wouldn't even be mad if you won that way. <laughs> if I won that way, like, that feels like... That doesn't feel like good luck. That feels like the completion of a narrative arc that started in 2020. <laughs> <Yes>. Like... <laughs> like... We- However this however this shakes out between in the fight between the two of us, like it was so much fun. Like yeah. having this fight. It's like the it's like the first year we did it, I cleaned up. The second year we did it, Moody cleaned up. The third year we did it, I cleaned up again. It's like this year it's been like me and you just fucking fighting each other all the way down. Back and forth. Russ was in there for a bit. Keith was in there for a bit. It's like, yeah, this is this is what fantasy critics all about. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I'm desperately watching for a Highland song coming out. Like I'm gonna be refreshing open critic, just like come on. Come so it on, says projected on. projected points uh two point five. Yeah, so the, the projected points are based on the the number of it's it's based on the hype factor, and the hype factor is calculated by the number of people who pick the game up in in the, across right, the entire okay, game. Yeah, yeah. So you, what you tend to find is the projected points get way off the further into the year you go because like a Highland song has released it was only announced last week, so like not a lot of not people, a lot people have picked it up. Picked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whereas fair enough, I was well, like I, I I follow the guy where one of the guys on them. Um, John Ingold, the the creative director, 
and, mm-hmm. and he kept saying, there's a complete version of the game, a complete version of the game. And I was looking on Steam and I was like, it's fucking fucking november and they still haven't changed that 2023 tag they're gonna fucking drop there this is coming out this is coming out and then nintendo have announced it indie world and i was like this game's coming out man this game's coming out (laughs) yeah so uh looking back uh so at the start of the year i picked uh two mario titles so i i had a feeling that one of the two was gonna happen so a 3d mario title or 2d mario title play the fuck yeah uh, grab them both and super mario wonder did the business for me i got i shot myself in the foot with the last case of benedict fox i thought it was going to do a lot better than mm-hmm. <laughs> what it actually did it lost me four points i'm not too mad at my counter picks only losing me losing me six points in total there are worse picks in the league <laughs> when it comes to this so yeah sure. uh, so yeah but uh as i said uh it's it's been a it's been a, an honor going back and forth you and um uh, yeah, best of luck, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, you too. I love the narrative that came in. It was like, Moody was like, oh, Amy, you've definitely won this. Look how far ahead you are. And I'm like going, have you seen what Fitz has got on his team? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think I'm out. I don't think I'm out. I don't think I'm as far ahead as you think I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like you can kind of see this like almost sag in the middle of my team where it's like that first round of pickups for me was not good. Yeah, and then and then and then I just like I listened to the No Clip podcast. They they were talking about this game called Day of the Diver. I looked it up on Steam in early access, and they were like, "It's coming out in two weeks," and it's overwhelmingly positive with like ten thousand reviews. And I went, "Yeah, fuck this! I'm taking a chance on this motherfucker yes. before anyone else get, gets fucking uh-huh. wind of it." <laughs> no, I, um, I, I would I would have hoped that Russ would have done slightly better having. Uh, so I think that they would have finished uh, maybe last in the previous year's tournament yeah. kind of thing. So they got first uh, go of it this time. Uh, whilst they made some some decent picks uh, to begin with, they also made some questionable this time. Sure. I mean, <laughs> for someone who is currently in fifth place in our fantasy critically to also have the two highest rated games of the year in his team, it's Something's like... Something's gone wrong. Oof. Something happened here. Um and that something was forspoken. <clears throat> um, like, he did really well, but it's just like, it's weird how, like, he's so far back. I don't I don't understand, like, how that happened. Like, but <laughs> he's still got three games to come out. I think he could possibly... They should But I think he possibly could hit third, so... Mm-hmm. Um, and he just collapsed when Summer Games Fest happened and, like, That's it. all of his games got delayed in, like, one day. <laughs> um which just i mean that's gotta suck man like yeah (laughs) but uh yeah no like i know i know moody moody's known he's been out of this for so long like he's probably been drawing up his his like plans for next year oh i imagine it's the kevin callister home alone shark here's everywhere i'm gonna okay next year (laughs) next year i'm gonna beat everybody whereas me whereas i've just been like I could still win this. I could still yeah. win this. I'm in this. I'm in this. I haven't <laughs> even thinking about next year. Um, I need. I need to get fitting finished fest so I can have Hollow Knight again. <laughs> the meme continues. Four years running. <laughs> there you go. I'll be gutted if someone takes Hollow Knight away from me next year. Oh, I think. Yeah, they're branded as a as a villain if they take Hollow Knight. I from have you to. Next I year. have to do it. I have to do it. Like. 
I have to get points off of this game. I've had it at uh-huh. every single fantasy critic league we've done since 2020. <laughs> I have to do it. Hey, that last uh, update they gave, they didn't say it wasn't coming out this year. They just said it wasn't coming out. The- <laughs> no, it's not coming out this year. That would be awesome. But no, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pick it first again next year. <laughs> And then it won't, still won't fucking come out. <laughs> someone, said, yeah, you know. Someone's going to counterpick it, it, though. No. For, for, I know someone's going to try to be funny and counterpick it, and I hope it ruins them. <laughs> Amy, take us home. Uh, that's it for episode 300 and something 79. 79. <laughs> thank you for the Words About Games podcast. Thank you, thanks for joining me. We've had a. We've had a loosey goosey episode. We had loads of news to talk sure about. Do. Talked about none of it. Had a nice fun chat at the beginning instead, and then talked about <laughs> video games for the second half. It was, to be honest, it was mostly bad news. There was like one, one ray of hope from Atlas, but that was it. it's bad. It's, it's it's bad news all the way down. Might get to it next week. Yeah, <laughs> the news is probably hopefully going to start slowing down as we head into the the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Hanukkah season, um, the assorted and Kwanzaa and whatever else you might celebrate. The the assorted celebration season. Yeah, the holiday season. Ah, uh, the holiday season. Holidays are coming. It's like a, it sounds like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the season? Like the Armada of Red Lorries coming over the hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's in those lorries? <laughs> That's what That's I want it. to know. It's not called. Your mistletoe is no match for my toe <laughs> missile. Put it that way. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it. Vitz, close, close us out. I normally tell sure. me to, but I guess friends, do do me a favor. Take a deep breath, unclench your jaw, and relax your shoulders, and tell me if you feel better. I do. There you go. But I can't reach the mouse. <laughs> You don't have to hold that pose. <laughs> just we're, we're done. Just, this, just this take, pod- take a deep breath and relax every now and then. This podcast is lasting forever now. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Peace.